Welcome to the Fans of Fitness Podcast, a voice for fitness, health, and wellness professionals. The National Personal Training Institute of Arizona. Legit instructors teaching you. No, enough of those bad reps. The good quality trainers that come out of the school. Let's get into it. Well, hey, Jason, good to see you again. It's been a little bit. It's How good to be been. Yeah. Good to see you guys, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, I think it's been a couple months, actually. So I think it's been a few months. You came in yeah. uh, a couple terms ago to... Uh, to go over some strength and conditioning with the class. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which coincided with uh, what we were teaching in NASM. So that worked out perfectly. Yeah. And I know uh, I was a bystander watching that whole thing. I'm glad I was because <laughs> uh, you put them through, <laughs> put them through the ringer. I was so nervous. That was my uh, first time uh, teaching uh, strength and conditioning class. And, and uh, so it was like, you know, it's like your brain moves a million miles an hour. And your yeah. mouth can only move so fast. And so you're like <laughs> moving on to the next subject before you even finish the first one. Yeah. And so it was just all a blur. I remember going home that day being like, oh, I don't think I talked about this, but did I talk about that? And then going home and be like, oh, I, I know I feel really good about this, but then realizing I didn't even say it. Like <laughs> I didn't even bring up the subject, but you know, yeah. it was all a blur. Yeah. Yeah. Five hours. That's how long the classes are. And, and sometimes I'm the same way when I'm yeah. done. I'm like, did I, did I get it all in there? Yeah. Sometimes I, I talk so fast. I forget what I say Yeah. because there's so much to cover some days. Oh yeah. But yeah. that that was awesome. So how have things been at 365 gym? Uh, things have been great. Um, we, um, geez, we have over 40 different or 40 clients that train there now. Um, we are celebrating our 10th year in business. Um, so we've been at gym for 10 years now and, um, and yeah, things are just great. I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is, is just really finding our niche, like, like really finding what we're good at right. and really finding, like, it took me a very long time to do that. Like, yeah. I'm not lying, like a very long time. And, um, I think one of the things I'm most proud of is just really finding that after, you know, eight years being in business because you know, you, you sit there and you go, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do. And then over time, it starts to like sort of evolve into something different and then something more and then something more. And then you look back and go, well, really, well, what am I? You know, and right. one of the things I'm most excited about is over the last, I would say, probably two years, I've really honed in on the strength part and really made that really what we are. And it's taken our gym like tenfold. Like it's been like, oh, like now this is, I know this is the product I'm going to get when I go here. Like that's, that's been huge for us. So right. yeah. yeah, that's been really great. I think that's one of the hardest things for, for coaches to, to, um, to find is, is a niche and find right. what it is that they're, they're super passionate about because right. you can be a jack of all trades, right? but you're not going to be, you know, if you're not really buckling down and really going after strength and conditioning, yeah, then maybe you're doing a little bit of everything and, yeah. and we know you can't really multitask too much. Right. So you got to really find what your niche is and hone yeah. that craft in right. and get that education. that's going to, it's going to improve. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, so. You know, one of the things that I think really helped me was, um, just, just not try, like you said, not trying to do everything all at once and just really slowing things down. Um, I remember like, well, like six years ago, um, I started really focusing more on the strength and conditioning aspect of training and in coaching. And, um, that really helped because, you know, in fitness, there are so many different realms and so many different aspects to it where you're trying to match, like as a, as a, I don't, I don't think any coach out there or any trainer out there wants to be terrible at their job. And so mm. for me, I was always like, okay, I have to be the best at this. I have to be the best at that. And, and I was always putting pressure on myself to be the master of all these different things. Right. You know, and, and at the end of the day, it was like, like I was 
none. I was a master of nothing because, you know, on a Tuesday, I would be good at, you know, general strength training or general fitness, like, you know, hypertrophy training and things like that too. But then I would get bored with it on Friday and then I'd go into, you know, plyometrics and, you know, speed and agility and quickness on Saturday. You know, like it was just like, I was just doing too many things all at once. Yeah. And that really hurt my business. It hurt me as a coach. It hurt my, um, my business model as far mm-hmm. as like how to sell things and how to, how to convey a product. Um, so once I really slowed down and really said, okay, this is the types of workouts I'm going to do. This is the type of training I'm going to do. This is the type of, um, you know, work, you know, this is the type of sessions my clients are going to have when they train with me. I was able to now when I go into a consultation or I go into an, um, you know, a, a potential client meeting, I'm able to now say, okay, this is what to, you're going to expect rather than like, oh, well, when you're, when you're with me, you could do this, you could do that. Like it's just, it's crazy once you know what you're doing and once you not even just know what you're doing, cause it's kind of relative, but like once you are confident in what you're doing, it's crazy how yeah. much it, it, it takes your business, you know, to, to newer heights and stuff like that too. Yeah. So you found your identity. Yeah, So exactly. it's easier to, to describe to somebody what, what you do at 365 yeah. gym. Exactly. Instead exactly. of, well, we do it all. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, exactly. Well, all of it. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot, yeah. you know, I remember, uh, I remember I was, I was hiking a mountain one time and this guy walks up and says, Hey man, you look like you work out. And I was like, yeah. You know, he goes, where do you work out at? And I told him, you know, Hey, I own a gym. Cause you know, it's always good, you know, to, to market yourself out there. Right. Yeah. And, and he goes, what do you guys do? <laughs> and this was years ago. And I was yeah. like, well, we work out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and then I, I just, I remember like that. And I remember being like, Oh yeah, no, that's a terrible answer. Like he, there's no confidence in yeah. in what we do, so therefore he's not going to reach out and come back. And so, you know, once we were able to be like, oh, this is what we do, it was I was able to answer those questions more more thoroughly and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so, so like uh, elevator pitch, you know, yeah. saying mm-hmm. what you are precisely right. in the least amount of words, so people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I know exactly what you're yeah. what you're saying instead of yeah. taking five minutes to explain exactly. What you do. Yeah, and, and this was like on a mountain too. Yeah. And that's my problem is I've been a software developer for thirty five years, yeah, and I still have a hard time with like <laughs> people are like, what do you do? And I'm like. Well, you do everything. There's so yeah. much. Where do I start? Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I still need that like eight second elevator pitch of <laughs> this is exactly what I do. Yeah, and it, and and honestly, and then it when you tell people, it's so funny because when you tell people your strength, the first thing they think is powerlifting. Uh-huh. And so when you when you tell people, hey, we're strength, you know, and they go, oh, so you just squat, bench, and dead? And I'm like, well, no, I mean, we do other things too, but right. you know, like that's in, and so now you have to sort of elaborate on the strength yeah. part and understand like how it affects, you know, athletics and understand how it affects mm-hmm. general movements and functionality and stuff like that too. So, you know, when it comes to like, you know, talking to people, I mean, you can say strength, but then you also know in the back of your head, you're like, oh, I didn't say you know that word this they probably think <laughs> right. we're a power maybe they took the yeah. NASM. maybe they took NASM and like oh well that's phase four yeah, yeah, that's yeah. strength yeah. so that's that's max strength yeah right? yeah you know the gym is, is doing really well and uh yeah i remember i kind of wanted to to uh to talk a little bit about you know sort of the upbringing i think i think i might have mentioned this before we went on air was there's a couple of things i just wanted to bring up um and uh the first one was um you know i just wanted to bring up our story or my story so I think it's a super inspiring one, yeah. and I think that it's one that um, a lot of people can relate to, mm-hmm. um, and then a lot of a lot of people can sort of find like like the motivation to keep going. Right. Um, but like sort of how we started and how three sixty five gym came about because it's kind of a weird way that we can kind of came about. But right. um, but uh, you know I'll, I'll take it back to uh, you know long long time ago, right? Um, so I worked at a I was working at Safeway as a bagger, you know, and and. Uh, uh, it's in high school. Um, actually, real quick 
but even before that, I my freshman year, I remember dropping out of high school to work at Subway. Because <laughs> oh, wow. no, no, you, this you is, had this, dreams. This is a great, no, this is a great story. It's a great story. So I remember I made my first paycheck. It was ninety dollars, and I thought I was loaded. Like I thought right. I was the king. I mean, I was like, dude, ninety dollars. This is so much money. <laughs> like I was like 14, 15 years old. Like yeah. you know, I mean, I was like, you know, and I remember um, working at Safeway. It was kind of the same thing. Like I remember like like being a bagger and then they'd be like hey you know if you want to work third shift we'll give you 25 cents more or hey if you want to work an extra 10 hours a week we'll give you 10 cents more and you know there was always like pennies more you know yeah and so um where i'm going with that is um i ended up working my way up through the company where i eventually you know had a, a big you know corporate position right and then um sprout this company called sprouts came in and sort of you know, bought me out. They, they came in and they said, Hey man, we're going to offer you the same thing and, you know, come work for our company. Oh yeah. And, uh, this is before Sprouts was even a thing. Like this is like, I think they had eight stores m at the max. You Wasn't know, their first one here that you were working at. Um, I worked at their second one here Yeah. and then I worked at, I mean, I've worked at all of them here, uh, before they went big, big, but I was, yeah, I worked at like their second one and I was just working my way up. I thought I was going to be in retail, but there's a point on why I'm going with this. Right. And, <laughs> and so, um, I remember I worked my way up through Sprouts and I ended up taking a position in California um, where I had like a, a place on the beach. Like I had a house on the beach. I had a big corporate position. I had like, it was like the Moving life. Wow. I was 26 Damn. years, I was 25 years old. Like, yeah. dude, I was like, I was on top of it. And I just remember being like, I'm still not happy. You know, like I still am not yeah. happy at what I was doing, you know? And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that feeling, oh, yeah. you know, going into a nine to five and then just being like, hey, you know, I, this job kind of stinks and I don't want to do this job. And so I ended up quitting that job, like literally walked into the office and quit to move back to Arizona to basically live on my buddy's couch and pursue fitness. Because I had always been into fitness, yeah. you right. know, working out in school and, you know, playing sports and stuff, but I never really like made a career out of it. And so... um I remember moving, like literally quitting the job, moving back to Arizona, live on my buddy's couch. And I went, immediately went to school like that week and uh, started getting my cert and, you know, trying to build up what a trainer was, right? Uh, got a job at 24, which if you, I, I still to this day, I brag about how great that gym was because it was such an amazing concept. It molded me. Yeah. Uh, I know it molded you. <clears> and it, it sure just, did. it made so many great, like without that, background in 24-hour fitness, I don't think that people are or will ever be as successful because it, it basically makes you own a business without owning a business, right. you know? <clears throat> yeah, so there's, there's a little risk. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been in one. There's not, I don't think, there's none left there, yeah, here in no, Arizona. Yeah, there's no one in Arizona, but um, there is a couple in California too, but yeah. one of the things I appreciated the most was, like I said, just them being like, oh, here's your business, you just operate under our title. Right. And that made me learn real quick what an independent trainer was, what a right. you know, a self-employed person was. Well, also so. their business model was really mm -hmm. good for, Absolutely. for for us. And it's we you can't you don't really find the same thing in the in the commercial box gyms anymore. Right. Because at twenty four, that's my first job as well when I got out of the out of National Personal Training Institute in Portland. I went there first, and uh, it w you had your own business. It was yeah. your own business. They they let you go. They let you, you go. You had to. Absolutely. You, had to, you know, they, they did find clients for you, and they put them on your schedule, and then mm -hmm. you would build those relationships, and hopefully they'd stay with you, you know, retain them, and 
and all yeah. that. But but also we had to walk the floor. Yeah, and we had to gain trust of, of the clients. And yeah. one of the things that that I did was I would just hang out up front and yeah. say hi to everybody and try to memorize everybody's name. Right, absolutely, and gain trust. And then before I knew it, you know, two months in, I'm completely full. Yeah, like, wow. this is kind of cool. That's yeah. great. I only planned on being there for six months, and I was going to go independent. Yeah, I ended up being there for fourteen because I'm like, this isn't actually a bad job. Oh, absolutely. At twenty four, and, and so. they paid you based off your education, so they forced yep. you to learn. You know, it wasn't just like a, it wasn't just like oh the you know, certified 18 year old kid who just took this weekend certification. They forced you to get yep. smarter basically. Oh really? And, and learn, you know, that's awesome. Um, but I remember working, I saw, I, I, I left, <laughs> I remember it was, uh, um, September of 2010. I left my California apartment. I remember I was on the beach and I remember sitting there and I left my California apartment. You're like this is too nice. I'm yeah. out of here. It's <laughs> <laughs> too nice. <laughs> and then that was September 2010. And then I think by October of 2010, I was working at 24 as a front desk clerk and uh, I learned everything I can. I mean, same thing, you know, you build those relationships. Mm -hmm. I still to this day have a great relationship with my fitness manager who was there with me. I looked at him as a mentor. I still look at yeah. him as a mentor. And, um, you know, it's so funny how much those people teach you as a new trainer, you know, as a new trainer, you're so sponge. Like you're just such a sponge growing up because you just want to learn. And 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 I took so much pride in being a coach and trainer that I just I wanted to know everything. You know, I wanted to help people. I wanted to be the person that like goes, to, you know, like hey, I'm dealing with this ailment or I'm having this problem. I wanted to be the person that everyone goes to because I felt that you know satisfaction in myself to be able to help people. You know, mm -hmm. and so. Um, I was a 24 for I think two years and then, or a year, excuse me. And uh, Fitness One kind of came in and, and, you know, offered me a gig. Yeah. And uh, I was there for three months. And again, same thing. I met some really great relationships, met some really great people, had some really great relationships. And then that, but I realized working there, like, oh, I can do this myself. Like, I don't need, you know, a corporation behind me to do this. I can right. do this myself. And so I, uh, um, I remember it was August of 2012. I had ordered a hundred business cards with my name on them. And at the time, 365 gym was called J fit health and wellness. Um, and there's a funny story behind that, but, um, I remember I ordered a hundred business cards and it was like, if I order these, I'm literally, I have to quit tomorrow because I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't do both. Right. right. Cause if I get caught, I'll be in, I'm right. screwed. Right. So I hit the send button and then I walked into the office and quit. You know, the fitness one, you know, I said, Hey, I gotta, you know, I'm not going to be here anymore. And, and they were super nice about it. Like yeah. I, I've, I've always had a great relationship with everybody I've worked with as far as like people that were my superiors or people that were, you know, uh, above me. Cause they've always saw a passion that, you know, they were like, Hey, like we get it. You're not going to be here forever. Like this isn't long term yeah. for you. Right. So then, um, I remember going and being independent. Um, but the reason why, um, you know, 365 gym, the name actually came about was, so it was like, uh, JFit Health and Wellness, but I remember sitting in my friend's apartment and uh, we were, I was like, I don't Is it still it. on the couch? Yeah, it was still on the couch. couch yeah, days. still still couch days. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember sitting in my friend's apartment and uh, being like, hey, I, I want to change the name. Like, I don't really like JFit. It's kind of corny. It's kind of <laughs> cheesy. Like, JFit. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it just wasn't really me, right? Yeah. And I remember like going through names and uh, somebody, I remember hearing somewhere like, if you name it with a number, then you're going to be first in line. That's right. Yeah, we and had so that I, discussion. So I remember being like, okay, so let's, now I have a starting point, you know? And then um, I originally was like, okay, let's do 602 fitness because that's 
like, right. like my phone number was. So that's kind of corny. <laughs> Six hundred two fitness, and well, then and it and it puts you kind of in an area. Yeah, exactly. Know. And then yeah. so then uh, I was like, well, I like. 480 fitness and then i was like i like 480 gym was 623 not a thing yeah, right it was yeah I just, I, Peoria, what? <laughs> um but then um i remember putting a pin in 365 gym because i was like this is so cheesy it's so blah it's like a sesame street thing like i remember being like 365 gym is so corny you know like i did not like the name at all and then um the next day i went back to my gym to train because i just put a pin in it and I just was telling people some ideas. Everybody loved the name. And to be honest, it just stuck. Right. And I actually kind of forgot about the name. Oh, no. And then every like a couple months down the line, they're like, hey, what's your gym name? And I just kind of was like, oh, 365 gym. And then people were like, oh, cool. And then it just kind of rolled. But like for like the first two years I was in business, I did not want to tell people my name because I was like, that's so cheesy and corny, like 365 gym. But I'm so thankful and so glad because it actually is one that people can remember. And right. it's one that people go, oh, yeah. I, People that don't hear about us go, oh, yeah, I've heard of that somewhere. I mean, no, you didn't, but thank you, though. Like, I get it that it's 365 gym, you know? So, right. But uh, but going back to, um, you know, that the transition from working a corporate job to being a, a trainer, um, during the time that I was going to school to learn and get certified, I remember I came back um, to uh, from California and living on my buddy's couch, and then, you know, I was kind of going through the whole transition of what I was going to do with, you know, my, my, like my life as far as like getting it together. Cause from a professional standpoint, I knew what I wanted to do, but from a personal standpoint, I mean, I had a girlfriend here. I had you know, friends, very little money. Like what was I going to do? So I remember, and this is, this is where I get, you know, the inspiring part comes is, is I remember just being like, I'm just gonna be homeless. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna be homeless. Right. Like, and so I had drove a 2007 Ford F-150 that I bought and um, was making payments on. And um, when I was working front desk at 24 Hour Fitness, I was homeless for the entire year. Like I lived in my truck, I showered at 24. Oh, wow. I um, hopped from apartment to apartment to apartment because my buddy eventually was charging me rent, but he overcharged me. I didn't have any money to pay him, you know? So he's like, oh dude, you gotta go. So I remember just like hopping from couch to couch to couch. I remember like, this is gonna sound really weird, but I remember like meeting members and like, you know, going out on dates with them, be like, oh, I, I could, can I just stay here? You know, like, I just remember, like, just doing anything that I could right, to try to survive. But during that year, like, I built up so many great relationships. I didn't care where I lived because I was at work the whole time. You know, it's like, if you ever traveled for work, like, who cares what hotel you get? Because you're only going to spend an hour in the hotel anyways. Right. You know, so I never understood why people go, oh, we, we, we go to Vegas and we stay at the Luxor for $800 a night. I'm like, why are you gonna stay there? Fremont like, Street. Right, yeah, yeah, right. It's like, right, go <laughs> yeah, Fremont tea. Street. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so at the time, my sole focus was to just be the best coach and trainer. It was to be to grow my gym. It was so when I worked at 24 Hour Fitness, I'm, I'm not kidding. I was so hell bent on trying to be the best and trying to build and trying to just understand this fitness realm and trying to be because much like working at you know Safeway, Safeway and Sprouts. I wasn't just working there just to be a bagger my whole life. Like I wanted to move up and as quickly as possible. And they kept giving me more and more raises to, to, to do more and more. And eventually like, you know, it got to a position where it's like, Oh, I, I now have a great, like, I know what a great work ethic is. Yeah. And one thing that I think God blessed me with was the ability to work right. because I don't think that anybody, and I can, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I promise you're not going to outwork me as far as like trying to build something or grow something. So, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, when I was homeless, I was 
specifically remember staying at this apartment on 27th and Northern. And um, it was an abandoned apartment. Somebody had left it for me. They're like, hey, I'm, I'm moving. It's you know, a free apartment. The rent's already paid, but you know, I'm out of there. Right. <laughs> I remember specifically like taking um, 24 Hour Fitness used to have these like yoga mat things, they were, but they were foldable. And I remember stealing it from there to use as like a, a mattress, <laughs> right? I had a couple of gym towels that I used as blankets. I remember like, I just remember like, like sleeping in this living room that was abandoned. I didn't, I couldn't lock the door because I didn't have the keys. Like it was an abandoned apartment that they were going to turn it over, but they had already paid for a month, you know? Uh-huh. But I remember like watching, like, learn, like basically learning workouts and fitness on my phone, but like I would stay up all night learning how to like, train better and, and, and be a better coach and trainer. And I would cover myself up in these towels. And I used um, dirty clothes as like a pillow. I remember like, yeah, I had, I mean, I had nothing. Like everything that I had was in the back of my truck. And I remember like, like so I got paid nothing too. Cause when you're a trainer starting out, your wages are, you're pretty much working for free on everything you do. Yeah. And I remember leaving like, oh, here's 20 bucks. You get 20 bucks for groceries for the week. Go to the dollar store. You get. I, I can tell you what my grocery list was. It was. It was six eggs, two quarter gallons of milk. Like these are all dollar groceries because I. That's all I could afford at the time. It was like twenty packets of ramen. It was like of course. Yeah, for two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I remember going through those tough times. You know, and I and I remember, um, during those tough times, it really shaped and molded, of you know, it, a lot of people say it's resiliency, but to me, it's just more like. Well, it's either A or B. You're either going to run back home and, and take the corporate gig and, and do that, or you're going to make this this work. You know, it's like a, and that's sort of how I've always been. My, that's probably been like how I've always been in not just my career, but everything in life. It's, it's black and white. It's A or B. It's either you're going to make this work and you're going to do this so it does work, or you're going to do the one thing that you hate and you're not going to want to do. So, yeah, I look back on times like that and just look at, how much easier life was. Oh, for sure. How much yeah. minimalistic life was. You know, it's yeah. like, man, can I just go back to that? Yeah. Like, I'd live in my truck right now if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about being homeless, but... Yeah. Oh, I just... Yeah. Well, I, I think it too. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're like, it, there's so much less worry and stress because you only have the focus on one thing. Yeah. And when your only sole focus is on trying to build and grow something, it's so much like it, the enthusiasm and the excitement because every day is, is a, you're hitting a different goal. Right. You know, when you start to expand, it's like when you, it's like people that make more money. When you make more, you spend more. Oh, and yeah. those extra spending comes with extra responsibilities, exactly. which is extra stress. Yep. And so when you're not making anything, you only can worry about one thing. Yeah. So it's just a lot and that's stress. where it goes back to where people are like, oh, if I was rich, I'd be happy. No. Yeah. You just have more bills. More yeah. bills, more Buy headaches. More stuff. Yeah. More people wanting to borrow money from you. <laughs> yeah. More like yeah. It, it, it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that problem. But I think uh, what you're saying is, is so true with with uh, anything if if there's something that you want to set your sights on give it your all yeah. so that if you do quit you don't question yourself you don't like well i didn't give it all my my full effort so yeah, i'll never right. know if i would have succeeded so that's what a lot of coaches go through you know they'll, they'll spend a month or two coaching they're like oh, i don't see i don't see me succeeding or, or nothing there's no fruit of my labor so far you, you a lot of times like you and i we started at 24 I went through the same school that, that I direct now, and I had a, a incredible education when I got out, but I still needed to learn how to, to teach because yeah. I learned uh, for six months, I was learning how to learn and, and absorb and I'm like, all right, well, I don't have any clients. I can't go independent right, right away. Let's just get 
let's just get some reps in. Let's yeah. go out there. Let's and even though I've I've been in in uh, positions where, you know, I was a leader of some sort, I, I've learned to communicate. Before I even got in this industry, it helped me communicate even better because I was in front of much more, several different types of people from several different demographics and and personalities and whatnot. So I'm like, all right, I'm learning every day. I'm at the gym, yeah, with not just the clients that I currently have, but ones that are, are seeking my help. And, and and I'm like, all right, how can I communicate to them that I can get you there, right? And and I think that it's, what's missing a lot is just people don't give it their all. And if right. you don't give it your all, you're not right. going to find out if. If, you're, if it's you're, going to work or not. You're, exactly. So yeah. I, that's what a lot of trainers do now. They get, and here's the thing, as you and I both know, if you just get a certification, you read a book, take a test. And I say this all the time. I'm not bagging on certifications. You have to start somewhere. Right. But if that's all you do, don't just rest on that. Once you get that certification, you need yeah. to go out and find a mentor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You, right. need to, you need to reach out and find people that have been doing what you want to do. Because we would help. I help all the time. I know you would, too, if a coach came up to you and like, hey, I don't know where to start. Right. I know you would, mm-hmm. and, and I think most of us would do that. So yeah. I think you can't just rest on that cert. You've got to keep learning. Like yeah. the first week I was in, this, in uh, the, the Portland MPTI, my, my instructor said, never stop learning. Yeah. And that stuck with me. I'm like, all right, because things do change in the industry. Mm-hmm. We do learn new things, even though most of the science-based stuff is going to stay that way. But there's certain things that come out, yeah. know, not just, just tools, but also methodologies, right. new, new science mm-hmm. in, in some cases. So – he was right. Never stop learning, and I don't think you've got a problem doing yeah. that. Well, so, like like our, our our kids, I told them, live at home as long as you want. What? Originally, I said live at home as long. <laughs> Kelly was like, "Oops, yeah. you're 18. Get out." <laughs> um, but I I did that because I I moved out quick. I was I went to college early, and you know was out of the house right away, and um, I know what I went through with everything that I had to do, pay bills and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, if you can live at home and focus on what you want to do and have a whole lot less stress of, I got to pay rent, I got to pay my car payment, got to pay insurance, got to buy groceries, got to, you know, like all of that stuff, you don't have as much time to focus on what you want to do. And that's kind of what you're talking about. You, you were homeless, but you were focused in on what you wanted to do. Well, and I think too, that allows you the ability to get good at what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's something that I, I always, if I could give advice to young trainers, I tell young trainers, you know, the top three things that I would tell them is number one is, you know, always, always believe in yourself, you know, because self-efficacy is so important when it comes to starting any, not just a, a fitness and fitness business, but anything, you right. know, I mean, yeah. you can start a new program, start a new meal plan. You have to believe in what you're doing because if you don't believe it, no one's going to believe right. in it. Right. And so, having that ability to, you know, having that ability to be like, oh, I know that what I'm doing is going to work or is right. That's actually very difficult yeah. because I think we live and I can't, I can't speak for everybody, but I, I can say we live in an age where there's a contradictory point to everything. If I say this guy is blue, some mm-hmm. people will be like, no, this guy is black. Yeah. If I say, you know, this is red, some people be like, no, this is yellow. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, there's so much difference of opinion. And mm-hmm. so when you're, trying to convey a certain message like okay hey just so you know like you need to be into to help develop maximal strength and power you need to be in five under rep range well this one says i can go eight and higher like well yeah. that's not like, i get it that's that's science-based information you know but this is proven fact like right. this is this is where and then so you have to and then you start getting in your own head 
because you start questioning your abilities as a coach if yeah. you're even right. And that was something I struggled with early on in my career. Like I struggled so hard at believing in myself because I was so new. Because I was surrounded, I put myself in a position where I was surrounded by a lot of really good coaches. And to this day, I respect, I I still admire, I still look up to and go, oh wow, like that. I, that, I really learned a lot from those people. But what you're basically thrown to the wolves when you put yourself in a position like that. And it's like right. sink or swim. And, and unfortunately, at that time when I was doing that, I had to really, really learn to believe in myself. And you know, this is now I'm, you know, three years into being a coach and trainer and I was put in that position and I start started to question myself and it really impacted my business. Um, it wasn't until I got with, you know, which is a second piece of advice that I would tell young coach, it wasn't until I found a core group of people that really, really believed in me. Right. Like a core group of clients, five, six, you know, five, five or six people that you know they're gonna have your back no matter what. Like when my when when my business is going under, I can look to these people, like pull them aside and say, "Hey, listen, can can we work together on helping build this?" Or you know, "Hey, I'm struggling. Can you bring in some of your friends to help promote this?" Or "Hey, can you can you do me a favor? Can you share this for me?" And 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 it wasn't until I got to, you know, I found those five or six people that are still training with me to this day. You know, yeah. I have my my close personal. You know, she's a good client of mine, Jessica. She's been with me for 10 years yeah. you know and and as annoying as she is like because she's like my little sister but she's never never had not had my back and in, in, in my career and you know and stuff like that too so and i can tell you that from a lot of there's a lot of people that are like that in fact i i always it's kind of hard because as a coach you want your people to graduate and move on from you right, right. you know you want them to be mm -hmm. like hey i want you to get to not need me right and it's so it's so funny because as I, I but I always think as I grow as a coach and a trainer, I'm learning new things. I'm gonna teach you new right. things also. Yep. So I love that you're still with me, and I love that you still, you know, are, are coaching with me. But you're also gonna continue to get better with me too as I get better. Right. And and the environment that I put in my gym is, you know, we're gonna get better together. So I don't get better unless you get better. Because when when you're at your peak fitness, what do you need me for? So now I'm doing bad at my job. Because I need to now elevate my abilities as a coach to help continue to coach you and grow as a as a as a client. So yeah, it's hard to find people that you can trust like that that won't take advantage of your situation. Oh like, yeah. Hey, hey, I'm in a bad situation. You know. Oh really? So I don't want to pay sixty five dollars an hour. I want to pay forty five dollars. Yeah. You know? Well, I agree with you, and and that's the thing is as a smart business person too that's where you have to sort of give and take you mm -hmm. know like give right. and take and go okay hey if we do this i'll give you a, a discount on your next month or right. you know stuff like that too but six month package or something like that exactly yeah. exactly and that's the thing is is when it comes to the but those you know five or six core people like those people that are gonna be like hey we're, we're gonna show up we're gonna rally for you and show up at your client appreciation days no matter what and just those types of people that are always going to have your back are super important to gain because you're yeah. going to have, it was explained to me like this. I had a, a really popular coach and trainer explain to me like this. You're going to have your sharks and your minnows, right? You're going to have mm -hmm. the people that are going to be you know paying the top dollar, the ones that are going to be like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm on the high end package of, you know, what I'm paying. And then you're going to have your minnows, the ones that are paying like, you know, hundred dollars a month or, you know, kind of $150 a month. And, but those minnows all add up to one of those sharks. And so if you can get a, you know, five or six sharks and then you can get like 10 or 15 minnows, yeah, right. you can get close to those minnows. And sometimes, yeah, those minnows will be like, you know, uh, it's, you know, kind of 
not I'm not making a lot of money per session with this person, but they're gaining you the longevity. They're gaining you the the you know, the, the, the abilities to continue your your job as a, to get better as a coach. So yeah, both are equally as important. I think people that are paying a lot of money and people that are paying a little bit. I think they're both equally important. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Going back to what you're saying with uh, your confidence when you began, I think we all have imposter syndrome at some point where, yeah. you, where you don't you don't believe in yourself or or you question what you say. And, right. and I think I think that's just normal to, as a human being to question. And if you don't, then that means to me that you've you've stopped wanting to learn. Yeah, you know, it's like I feel it sometimes. When I'm in the classroom. I'm like, did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. And then I'll just question myself. But usually, what I'll do, just like I did when I was a coach at 24, when I, when I was independent. I'd go home and research that. I'm yeah, like, let me, let I me look right. that up. I was yeah. either, either I was right or I'm like, oh, I could have said this differently. Right. Or yeah. maybe if it had something to do with programming, maybe I'll change this up because what I had originally yeah. down for program, it's it's not, it doesn't line up with science. Right. And I, and I want it to all be science-based. Right. And I, Absolutely. I do that with the, the business class is I, I talk about social media and like you need, you know, you don't have to promote yourself on social media, but if you're going to, Watch what you put on there and don't really train, like teach movement on social media because whether you're doing it wrong or whether you're doing it right, somebody's going to tell you, like you're saying, somebody's going to tell you you're doing it wrong and then you're going to second guess yourself. A lot of graduates, they didn't put anything out. Now now they're getting confident. I'm seeing more and more graduates do educational videos. I'm like, you you hit it. You hit it on the head. That's perfect. But even what I said uh, in class, I say there's there's good, better, best. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, I didn't come up with that. My, My first instructor, Aaron, said that to me one day. And I was like, that's perfectly set. There yeah. is good, there is better, and there's best. Be better or best, you know. Yeah, I again I, I think when it comes to the that realm of of you know, it's so hard to explain and it's so hard to talk about because it's fitness is like we were talking about before, fitness is so generalized. Like it, yeah. it it's so it's so hard to put one thing under an umbrella for everybody. Right. And when everybody's looking I this is the best way I explain it, right? Especially when it comes to nutrition. So I always joke about, because it was a joke like this when I first was coming up, but when you talk about nutrition with somebody, go to Barnes & Noble and take them through the nutrition section, <laughs> right? You're going to have an That's entire wall dedicated to nutrition, and none of those books are the same. So like, how do you know who's right and who's wrong? There's yeah. a lot of contradiction in all those. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Same with movement. Yeah. Same with movement. And right. so it's so hard to be like, oh, this is the right way to do this. And so a new coach coming up, you may think, oh, well, if I, you know, uh, high bar squat compared to a low bar squat well a high bar squats better because it you know protects your you know it puts more emphasis on your um less emphasis on your posterior chain and all that stuff it's like but you know a low bar squat is a little bit better because it takes emphasis off your knees and your it's like there's so much rel- there's so much information to explain in that that no one's gonna you know look two paragraphs down the road and or two paragraphs down their caption just to read the difference in it too so it's really hard but i think if you just really focus on, and, and that's the thing about educational videos. If you really focus on, there was third things I learned is entertainment, education, and um, I can't remember the third thing now. But those two things are like content based. Like if you're gonna post something like that or, or talk about something like that, you definitely have to, you know, be, hit the base points. Because everything is gonna have a base point. You know, right. maybe almost like have a disclaimer like this isn't for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> just you know, it's not everybody yep. moves the same. Yeah, not, not everybody, everybody has the same, the same uh, you know muscle imbalances. Yeah, so, so right. Yeah, so like for new trainers out there, I would just say, hey, listen, if 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 self efficacy is so important, if you're in a position where you're questioning your abilities or you're questioning, you know, like whether or not you're good at something, 
just keep at it. And, and like I said, I put my me personally, I put myself in a gym where I was with coaches and trainers who have been training it with 20 plus years. And that made me a better coach. And there are a lot of days where I went home and I was like, oh, man, I'm struggling so hard to be yeah. good at my job. But at the end of the day, it made me so much better because I was able to be around people who knew what they were doing. But, right. but maintaining that confidence during that. And like I said, and finding that core group of people to really help you know, keep your business going and keep your business afloat. And the last thing I tell a new trainer is, um, is, is, um, you really got, we kind of talked about this before, but you really got to find out what you do and find out what you love and really find your niche. Right. You know, one of the things I didn't uh, talk about, but, uh, um, is, um, when I first started training and coaching, so I, I kind of grew up, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of grew up like idolizing like the, the big bodybuilders guy. I was a huge wrestling fan growing up, you know? Um, and I grew up idolizing those, those Hulk Hogan. Well, I'm not that old, man. Come on. Uh, um, I'm that old. Yeah, I was, I was more the, the stone cold rocks, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. that era, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so I grew up, you know, I, but I was always fascinated with the, the way to get in shape, right? Like, how do you get in shape? And, uh, so I grew up, you know, buying the magazines, like six pack abs in 10 minutes, you know, like getting those tricks and tips and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and so, um, I had always had like a, a passion for like just overall like bodybuilding and stuff. And I remember I competed in a couple of shows. So I did, I've done strongman competitions. I've done bodybuilding shows. I've done Spartan races, full marathons, half marathons. Like I was just a very competitive person. So like I, if there's a competition, like I'm, let's, let's, let's make this. <laughs> let's comp. go. Yeah, let's go. Right? right. And so I, um, I, I did a I saw all of 2012 and 2013 I competed in bodybuilding shows. I think I did like half a dozen. I think the highest ever place was like second or something like that. I can't remember, but I remember I was always like passionate about the stage, right? And so I went to um it was July of 2000 no it was November of 2000 or October of 2012. I um went to Vegas for the Olympia. And I remember walking around the Olympia stage and being so fascinated with it. Like, I was like, oh, I, I, I got to be a part of this. Like, this is fitness. I thought that that was what fitness was. Like, this is yeah. the epitome. This is Super Bowl of fitness. Like, this is everything, right? So I got back home. And the first thing I did was Google, like, fitness shows in my area, right? And it just so happened this competition called Europa Games popped up. And they were coming to town in, like, October or whatever, right? And I ended up um, emailing the the email address on the website, and um, I was like, "Hey, I don't care what I do, I'll I'll go and I'll uh, I'll just I want to be a part of it, right?" So they email me. No, I didn't hear nothing response for like a month, right? They finally email me back, and it's um, the owner. His name was Ed at the time, or uh, he's still the owner, but like his Ed, he, he said, "Hey, uh, be down at the convention center at you know a lot of this time." So my um, I'm trying to think of the right word, my self-assured egotistical head thought that he was going to ask me to promote the show so i i'm spending a week in the gym trying to shred as much body fat i'm week. trying yeah <laughs> i'm trying to you know i'm trying to get in shape so i show up oh, i'll never forget this i was such a jerk but i show up with my six-pack bag lunchbox with my uh gym bag full of gym clothes because what if someone asked me to work out like right. i wanted to make sure i was prepared you know not even thinking what the show was, right? I just knew that I, I was like, oh, this must be, because going to Olympia, like, oh, this must be fitness. I just stand here and look pretty, right? Like, that's what I thought right, I was right. going to get asked to do, right? And I remember going down the convention center. I'm walking around, 
looking like the biggest gym douche. And uh, this guy, his name is Steve. He was a show manager. He ended up, him and I ended up becoming really good friends. But he pulls up in his golf cart and he says, hey, man, I need you to go clean the bathrooms <laughs> at the convention center. And I was like... Are you serious? What? Like I was like, clean the fucking, clean the bathrooms. What? Yeah. Are you it's like an initiation right. before? Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, uh, okay. And he goes, no, I'm just kidding. And I was like, oh, okay, thank God. He goes, no, but you need to put this. Uh, and he goes, you but, but seriously, you need to put this obstacle course thing, this obstacle course thing together. And I go, and it's this big crate, like about as big as this room. And you basically have to dig out an entire CrossFit gym, basically oh, wow. thing of an obstacle course. And in this crate, there's spider webs, bugs, dirt, dust. I mean, you can tell this thing has not been, you know, opened in like six months, whatever. I, you can just tell, right? Like it was. And I just remember that was the moment I go, okay, I can either stay here and do this job that they asked me to do, or I could walk away and be like, I'm too good for this. Like, I don't need this gig and, and go home. And I am so thankful that I stayed and did that job, that I dug it out, that I put it together. Because it, what it, what that allowed me to do was for eight years, I traveled the country to put on fitness shows. I would put on fitness shows with the Europa Games. I would MC the shows. I oh, ended wow. up building a lot of really good relationships in fitness. That's I met cool. a lot of really good people. I met um, people to this day that I still follow and I admire and, again, respect. Because what it did was it allowed me to go, oh, like fitness, and this is the, you know, something I want to talk about is fitness isn't what you see, right? And, and, and as a trainer and a coach, I think that's one of the things that I fell victim to when I was first coming up. You know, 18, 19, 20 years old, you being a person who's so like influential, like who's so easily influenced on everything you see, fitness isn't just standing there and looking pretty, right? right. There's a lot of, you know, things behind the scenes that go into what we see on a daily day basis. And so like some of the secrets that I learned when I used to travel the country, I learned a lot of secrets behind certain things um, that I was like, oh, well, oh, that's why it's like that. So like, for example, and again, um, you know, nothing that I, nothing that is that said is like, you know, I mean, it's all facts, but you know, like when you go to those expos, a lot of those same companies are just the same product rebranded into six different types of products right you know and so as a person like i'm a loyal guy like i pride myself on loyalty and as a person i've always wanted to be like super loyal to one brand and it was mind-blowing to me when i found out that oh that same protein powder they're using in those other just different labels. just white labeling yeah, yeah. Just, and so it blew my mind because i was like oh you mean to tell me that those people that are standing in front of that booth they don't even care about the product they probably don't use it or anything else and that blew my mind yeah. like i was like it's just marketing it but that part that part was the eye-opening part for me because yeah. now it's not about fitness to me now it's a fitness then that's for me it turned into a money grabber right and for for the like the last and there's a couple other things that i learned but for the last like sort of five years in in today going into today but for the last five years i'm now coming out of a a very pessimistic cynical mindset because when i worked and traveled the country and learned those secrets i always compare it to the wizard of oz when you peek behind the curtain and see the actual yep. you know it's very devastating yeah yeah it's very heartbreaking because you believe so much as a as a young person who's trying to be good at everything you believe so much in these things that you, and especially you dedicate i mean i dedicated my life to fitness my life to fitness 
and then just to see like oh these are just money grabbers oh these yeah. are just though this isn't real you know like oh walking around like and, and not to again not to but walking around with a six pack oh that's not a real thing you know and, and that it's 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 such a an eye-opening experience so any new trainer out there that's like really you know trying to master you know what fitness is just be very careful be very cautious because it can't when you peek behind that curtain it can be very devastating and it's also one of those things i'm glad i did it because if if i if i didn't get to it i would still be that naive to a lot of things and um yeah it's just it's crazy but like you know um one of the things that i learned is um that like we we're talking about the people like some of those relationships that i built with a lot of the people that worked at those shows one day they're at this booth, the next day they're at the other booth, and I'm like, what? I thought, and they're like, hey man, I'm just, just change shirts. Yeah, just yeah. Change, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just and that whoever was pays me more. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. what's crazy to me is like, I always was wondering, I was like, why do they put these people in these positions that don't care? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Because it's too hard to find the ones that do care. I know, and, and I know. it's and, and if they do care, they're more than likely they don't need that job. Yeah, and that's why I tell the students when you know in the business class is like. If you're wanting to be a personal trainer for the money, you're in the wrong business. Wrong business. You yep. need to focus on taking care of your clients, mm -hmm. and then the money will come. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing about and that's the thing about it is is like it's it's one of those things where it's like I remember. So when I was working, I I started as an MC for this for the show, and then I would stay late, and so like it was like me or it was Steve, which was a show manager, and then he had two other guys working with him. That would help him basically set up the show. Well, when I would travel the country, I had nothing to do. So I would just like, was I going to go back to the hotel room and watch everybody else work? Like, that's not in my blood, right? So I'd stay late and help them. And right. that eventually got to a point where when they eliminated that part of the show, where they eliminated the MC part, I was still able to stay on and help with the, the behind the curtain stuff, with the, you know, the stagehand stuff and doing different jobs around the show. And those different jobs allowed me to see different parts of the, yeah. the expo industry. And then I ended up, you know, working so many different positions where I was like, you know, working with Bang Energy and all those other places where it was like, oh, this is this is again same thing. It's like, oh, this isn't real. Like this is all fake just to get their product out and marketing. Oh yeah, marketing. That was yep. a big thing. Um, and it, and it really devastated me because now, um, you know, when you nowadays, like I don't, me personally, I hate, I don't want to admit this because it's it's kind of hard, but me personally, like I don't necessarily believe a lot in social media. Like if you look at our my social media, it's somewhat non-existent just because right. it's not really my thing. I can't. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to keep up. It you is. know, it's so hard to keep up. And um, so I do all mine on relationships. You know, I, I build mine off referrals, those yeah. relationships, because to me that's more genuine yeah. than than the ones that are like you know. Well, once on. you get to that point, that's that's what happens. Yeah. You, you earn all that trust. You build those relationships, and and, and they see who you are. They they trust you, and and, yeah. and you know, they're they're gonna tell everybody. It's, yeah. It's the same thing happened with me as well. I, I I didn't really market. I was just, I cared. I was passionate about what I was doing. I was passionate about helping my clients. And and after after a while, it's I didn't really have to do anything to get clients because they were telling their friends, they're yep. telling their family, yeah. Yeah. and 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 that's how how my book stayed full because I was right. I was given that attention. Yeah, and I gained their trust. Yeah, and, and after a while, I think a lot of a lot of new trainers are like, how am I going to get clients? Well, there's a bunch of ways. Um, I don't, I did like my time with 24. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can say they go to a box gym and they're like, I, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I did. I learned a lot. Yeah. But that's where I honed in my craft and that's where I learned how to, to, to gain trust. Mm -hmm. 
it's not something that was fake. It was just, hey, um, I really love being in this industry. I want to help you. Yeah. And people can see that when that's really what your ultimate objective is. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just gain trust, and before you know it, people want you to succeed. Yeah. I'm here because somebody believed in me. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like the, sorry, I feel like the social media side of, of the business for personal trainers is more for to show what you do and kind of credibility that you've been out there for a while. But I, I wonder just how many people get business from social media. That's a great, yeah, that's a great point. I, I literally have this, I was having a, a conversation because even to this day, I, I hire a business coach and I was having this conversation with her literally every week. You know, she always asked me like, have you got anybody from social media? And I was like, no. And she's like, so stop doing it. Yeah. You're wasting your time. Right. You know, you're wasting your time if there's no return on your investment. And we talk to the students about that all the time is, you know, we have some places that we go that they're like, social media, social media. Yeah. And then Travis, you know, was like, you don't have to do social media. Yeah, you don't. You you can to help your business a little bit, but you don't, it doesn't, it's not required. Yeah. Right. Well, again, going back to like that um, analogy of the trade show, the expos is like you were saying, like you were saying, like they build trust, like because you're not changing shirts, you know, mm-hmm. because they see you for the same every single day. It builds that trust and it's go, oh, this person's not promoting one product one week and then the next different product next week and then different product the following week. It's like, oh, he's this, the message stays the same. You know, yeah. um, I, you know, I, it's, it's so hard because once I stopped using social media as a tool and started using it more as like a fun engagement, like mm-hmm. things to do to do for a fun and engage right. with certain people with it started becoming less stressful right like yeah my my media plan my marketing plan i think is 10 to 15 percent social media and honestly a lot of that is just like it's it's kind of like uh, not throwaway information but it's definitely not ones that you know our people are going to be like oh I, i'm not trying to go viral let's put it that way right like i'm not trying to bench press a couch while i'm hanging upside down you know no yeah <laughs> we've all seen that video and but I, you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. so and I, and I think that's where social media i think the word of word of mouth is the best yeah. and i think social media brings that word of mouth to you you know sarah best friend judy saw that Sarah was working out with you and she's like, oh my gosh, I need to go to 365 gym. And she's like, yes, you do. Mm. So she may have saw it on social media, but you didn't get her from social media, right? right? And then the people that you, that follow you, that are just find you at random, they're not the ones that come in and go, I need to hire you, you know. Social media can can plant seeds for sure. Right, yeah. You know, you see somebody enough times doing something, you're like, that's kind of cool. Maybe I'll DM or I am whatever Mm. kids are saying today. My, uh, and, and maybe they, they get a hold of you that way, especially yeah, if saying, you're doing online training. You know, not you saying can, you, you don't get it. I just think that the majority of it is, you know. One of my friends. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, one of my friends, uh, my friend Brittany, she explained to me like this because she was big on it. And she goes, it's a landing page for people to see you, mm-hmm. right? So like you can, like if you just create a small page and you just have something where people can click and have it be a legit presence. Like because if you, you know, obviously if you're on Instagram and you tag the location, People can click on the location and see, oh, like, oh, this is a legit place rather yeah, right. than be like, oh, where is this? Hidden? So, like, if you go to my gym now, it's kind of funny because <clears throat> it, this is so dumb. But I pride myself on being the fight club of fitness. So, like, if you don't know about us, you don't know about us. First rule. Right. Yeah. yeah first rule. Right. First rule of fight club. <laughs> so, like, we don't have a sign right. on our door. We don't have... Our door actually says push when you're supposed to pull. Yeah, I couldn't find you. First <laughs> time right. I came and tell you, like, <laughs> uh, we don't yeah. want you here. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't know about us, like right. you don't know about us, right? So like when you walk in, I mean, I mean, I'm sure because Travis has been there. Like I, the biggest comment that I get all the time is, 
wow, I was not expecting this because it's full of equipment and it's yeah. just it's it's a legit place, right? So how how actually big is it? How big? So it's a eleven hundred square feet. Okay. Yeah, there's three power racks, a uh, bunch of machines. Uh, I mean, I have every every piece that you name, every piece of equipment in there. It's people say it's crowded. I don't think it's crowded, but I'm also biased. Like I don't think it's crowded. <laughs> I've seen some really crowded there. places. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was well organized. Yeah, exactly. Like, stuff there, but yeah, right. it's not about this much space between bars. You know, it's yeah, fine. <laughs> it's enough room. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh. But so what's funny is um. Yeah, like I said, I take a lot of pride in not having that. But I know I'm, I should, I should obviously for drive-by purposes, for walking purposes. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I, I've i never had somebody walk up to me and be like, hey, I found you on Instagram, right? right. I've gotten this. Every relationship. And, and again, going back to, you know, finding that core group of people, when you do find that core group of people, you then can use them as the, I call them like the anchors to the sessions. So like right now, every hour is fully booked for me. And so every hour I have one person that's been with me for over five years in each hour. Wow. And so 6 a.m. I have, you know, obviously my friend Jessica, who's, she's the, the, the not the leader, but she definitely sets the tone for all the new people coming in. Yeah. And then 7 a.m. I have obviously my, my girl, Mary Bell, who sets the tone for all people coming in. And, and every hour has a different person that's like, oh, this is what I could potentially get to. You know, if I stay here right. and then they see my relationship with them and then they go, oh, I want to have that same relationship with him, too. And then next thing you know, it, it that's the stability that has allowed me to <laughs> to grow my gym and, and build those relationships. So I, I don't know how it happened for me to be able to because I'm not a, I'm a I'm a doses guy. Let's put it that way. Like you can only take me in doses. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, for some reason, I've been very blessed and very, very lucky to have you know, a lot of like Lindsay's and Dana's and a lot of the people that really mean a lot to me that right. go, Hey, you know what? Like I can really count on those people to help help in any situation that I have. So like going back to, like I said, you know, having the, like, if I was could give advice to a young trainer, it would be to have the self-efficacy, believe in yourself, have that core group of people and really, really master, you know, master the things you're good at, you know, because, you know, when I was, <clears throat> when I was traveling, the country and really, like I said, peeking behind the curtain and seeing things for what it was. I mean, not gonna lie, like I really started to hate fitness. Like, imagine your entire world being crushed. Right? Oh yeah, for like, sure. That's, that's what happened when I found out that the professional wrestling was fake. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought not, Hulk Hogan was really actually beating the crap fake. out of Randy Macho Man Savage. What is wrong with you? It's not fake, man. Are you kidding me? Take <laughs> I your hope you're right. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, so fake. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because, uh, yeah. I, 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 did you really not find that out? <laughs> like that, that I think was, it was in the seventh grade, <laughs> which is still too old to yeah, still believe. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I had Hulkamania stuff and posters, and you know, yeah. Then I found that out. I was like, "You're a liar." <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was. Don't say that to me. Yeah, yeah I was a young kid. I don't remember yeah. how old I was, but uh, my grandfather came in and goes, "That's fake," and I won't say what else he said. But you know, um, that was worse than finding out Santa Claus was yeah, fake. Yeah, yeah. Was good. I, that's where I thought you were going with it. Oh. <laughs> That hurt. Yeah. But uh, I think it was that time they put like Hulk Hogan in the hospital or something like that. When they like just beat him to death. And then my grandfather came in and he's like, that's all fake. And I'm like, no, he's going to the hospital. That's (laughs) fake blood. (laughs) And I thought they were all natural too. Oh, yeah. 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 And that was, was, again, that was the same thing too. Like when you're chasing a physique or when you're chasing a certain, you know, standard, you know, that's really hard too because, you know, there's the, the, God, I hate, I hate comparison. 
you know, because mm-hmm. in fitness, there's always the comparison, you know, whether it be how successful your gym is or, you know, how successful your business is to how, how well you look or, you know, there's, there's so much comparison that I, one of the things I learned, and again, going back to a lot of a dark time during that time where I was so, you know, sort very pessimistic and very naive or uh, very cynical about fitness because there was a time where I didn't believe anything like, like I would read literally research papers and be like, what's the hidden agenda behind this? Yeah. Right. You know, watch a documentary and be like, well, what's, what's the, what are they really trying to tell me? Yeah. What are they really trying to sell All the me? money trail? Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. So there was a time where it was always about that. And I remember it was really dark because, you know, I, my gym was suffering cause I didn't believe in my, again, lost belief in myself cause I didn't believe in my product that I was selling. I didn't believe my wife and I were struggling because we were trying to figure out what I was going to do. Like, 15 years of dedicating to this craft and all of a sudden it's like you can't just go get a job at a bank at that point right you can't just go back to working a nine to five so you're like well now what do i do right so like when so what i think for me what got me out of those times was number one it was going back to a lot of the basics right it was it was getting recertified and getting back to because that's when i during covid when covid hit that's when i got recertified as a strength conditioning coach reevaluating what my purpose was for being in fitness because regardless of what someone's trying to sell to me or what someone's trying to try to make me buy like i know what i'm doing is good in helping people and then i started like really watching who i was surrounding myself with yeah. i stopped training the people that were like oh i want to look like a bikini model i stopped training the ones that were like i want to have six-pack abs i started right. training those people i started to really train the people that i wanted to train the ones that believed in strength, the ones that believed in conditioning, the ones that believed in power, the ones that believed in movements rather than exercises. And I really started to really be like, hey, I started to say no to clients. You know, hey, can I come and train with you? I want to have a bigger booty. I'm like, yeah, I can help you get there, but that's not really what we do here. You right. know, that's not really what we're about. Yeah. Because now the message that I'm conveying to my clients is now, excuse me, it's simple and it's easy. It's, hey, we're here to get stronger. We're going to get stronger together because I was able to like – when I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still could train a few, you know, competitors and stuff. But at the end of the day, it was less about trying to like get down to like zero percent body fat. And it was more about I had a tangible goal like, OK, this is going to be our PR today. Right. Like this is what we're going to lift today. And it was easier to track and manage. But, yeah, that's the things that got me out of those dark times. It was it was really being able to go, OK, what do I love? Like, what are the things that I get me excited about? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love bodybuilding the sport i mean i love bodybuilding the sport i think it's a great sport and it's very difficult and people ask me this day they go are you ever going to compete again i no, i I couldn't diet that's a lot of work man i can't diet like that yeah but um you know at the end of the day i applaud anybody that puts their heart and soul into that because i mean i still meal prep i mean i just had shrimp and rice on the way here so like i (laughs) still meal prep you got that going yeah i still i still try to keep it you know yeah but you know i i i definitely don't put as much emphasis on the um the um, aesthetics part of fitness as I used to just because again, you know, being mature now in fitness and mature in my growth, I was able to sort of see like that curtain, but you know, now I have different goals and goals need to be stronger. And actually, that's actually one of the things that I was able to do was compete in strongman from that. So I did a strongman competition and it was great because I developed a really good relationship with a local strongman, uh, Jim. Um, and we partnered and we did this, this big strongman show and, I mean, I have, there's a video of me, um, I posted recently on my Instagram, but I had to pick up a car a couple of times. I saw, I saw that on your website and I saw it said that it was, uh, your gym was strongman friendly. 
Yeah, it's very strong and friendly. Yeah, I have a couple kegs, some stones. Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah. yeah, I have a couple. I have a circus dumbbell, um, uh, a, um, a yoke. I have a lot of yeah strongman stuff because uh, for a while I was like, hey, I want to do that. It's so funny because um, fitness is so many different aspects and realms. I, I've done crossfit competitions. I've done. I mean, you name it. I've competed in it. And uh, when I when I was doing strongman. I wanted to balloon up so much. <laughs> yeah. And to th- that was like seven years ago. And to this day, I still haven't lost the weight. Right. <laughs> but I eat cereal every day for breakfast, like a whole box of cereal. Oh, geez. Sour Patch Kids. Like oh. I was trying to. Carb I, be- up I just- believe, thoroughly believe that, hey, strongman guys, they have big bellies. Like, let me get the big belly. Yeah, lots you know, of body fat. It's my, hey, it, this is my excuse to get bigger is I'm competing in strongman, <laughs> you know, and then. Most of those are farmers, like lifting cows and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, most of those guys are six nine, and I'm yeah. over here five eight. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so it was so funny, and um, but I learned a lot in that sport. I also learned a lot about um the actual nutrition side for strongman too, and and the mythology behind getting bigger and, and how core strength works in that too. So it was super important to do that. Um, again, but had I not have the passion for fitness that I had. I would have never been able to help coach somebody in strongman, or even just help them understand the sport a little bit better. I'm not saying I'm a, uh, you know, an entrepreneur for or a um, uh, ambassador of the sport, but I am saying I did did dedicate a lot of time to it, and and I have that I did a, a, you know competition, and I definitely have an, a very a better understanding for that that part of that strength of fitness and that sport. So, what did that competition look like? What did you so, have to do? So it was, uh, oh my gosh. So I always, I laugh because I was such a weakling when I did it, but, um, I had to pick up a 200 and no, it was 280 pound log. So I had to clean and press a 280 pound log. Is that log. the one with the handles? Yeah. Yeah. Inside? Yeah. I had that. I have a log at my gym right now and it's only, it's a, it's unloaded. It's 80 pounds. But yeah, this log that I had to do in competition was 280. Uh, I did it. I think I think I either did it zeroed out or I did one. I can't remember because it was a couple years ago, but um, is that the, to curl the press they had to do? Well, it's clean and press. You don't want to curl it because you'll tear your biceps. Trust me. You don't uh, want to you know, curl 280, it. I don't yeah, know. 280 yeah. curling is not a good Probably thing. Probably you want to clean wow. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you that's... want to clean that. Um, but um, then after that, it was uh, the farmer's carries, which was 350 each hand. Um, no, it was, uh, yeah, 300 each hand, excuse me. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a video of me doing all this stuff. Um, and then so it's 300 each hand. I carried it. Oh, wow. And I remember the competition was so funny because uh, – I, like I said, I, I, I bartend on the side, so uh, I'm, I have no problems being around people or in front of a mic or, you know, whatever. So they're, they're interviewing people after these events and the lady walks up and I remember just blacking out and I remember cracking a bunch of jokes right after this event and everybody's laughing and I remember going, what just happened? Like I was so out of it, you know, cause I just carried for, you know, 60 yards you know, 300 pounds each hand. Wow. And it was like, it was so fun. And then after that, it was the, um, the car deadlift, which I think I did that twice or three times. I picked up a car two or three times. What kind of car? Um, it was a Dodge, uh, small SUV. So there was like the hybrid. It's like those new cars. Now they're not sedans or, you know, cars, like right. a small SUV cars. So yeah. it was one of those. And then, um, it w- and then I had to do the um, over the bar sandbag toss. Oh, that um, looks fun. Yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Uh, and then I I failed at the stone, so it was a three fifty stone. I had to put up onto a platform. Uh, Atlas stone. Yeah, the Atlas stone. Atlas. Oh, those are so hard to pick up. And yeah, because that's it's all technique. Yeah, because they, they have them at the Spartan races. And yeah, every, I think every single one that I've done, I've done quite a few. They've always got that thing. Yeah. The first time it was like I don't 
I'll figure it out. And, and the more I did it, the more I was like, I know what to do. Yeah. It's like flipping a tire, a heavy tire. There is some technique to There's it. There's a lot of technique strength. to those stones, yeah. But those things are amazing. Yeah. So you did Spartan races. Oh, yeah. How many did you do? I've done about nine or ten. Yeah. What was your What's your favorite? Because I've done th- three Spartan races. I've done, well, location? or well, Yeah, location or just event. Well, the only I've only done the Portland Sprint. Yeah. Because in, in Portland, it's actually in, in uh, Washougal. That's okay. where the, the Sprint is. So they yeah. call it Portland because it's close. But I've done Portland and I've done Seattle. So okay. the Seattle had... Um, one year they had uh, the Beast and the Super in the same calendar year. Yeah. And, of course, to get the trifecta, which, you know. Yeah, you have to do. You got to do three in a calendar year. So <clears throat> I got some clients to do the sprint with me yeah. in Portland. And then half of them fell off when we went to do the Super in yeah. Seattle. And then only one remained for the Beast in Seattle. Yeah. So <laughs> is my buddy. Was the uh, Beast hard? Grant. Yeah. Yeah. It's at a an equestrian center okay. so in Seattle. It's just, um, I forgot what, I think it's Bellingham maybe or Brampton. Yeah. One of the, it starts with the B. But it's at an equestrian center, and the first time we did the super, the super was actually harder because it was raining that day. Yeah, and it's you're 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 wading through mud. Yeah, it's up to your knees, so sure. people are losing their shoes because they're taking their feet out, and that suction just taking the shoe right off you. And now you've <laughs> got to dig two feet yeah. of mud to find it. Yeah, so I, I I did a penguin across it. Yeah, I'm like, no, nope, I'm just gonna slide on my belly to get through this. It worked. It took took a while. <laughs> it's yeah. really awkward looking me doing. You know, barrel rolls <laughs> and of anything I could do not to submerge my hand or my feet in the mud. But yeah. it's also an equestrian center, so it did have a specific smell to it. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So you're like wondering, like, hey, what's you know, yeah? And then uh, they it? they place that. Uh, oh wait, I'm thinking the tough mud. I've done tough mudders too. Why does this carrot look chewed over here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. The horses. Uh, but that one, that one was terrible. I cramped up super bad. Yeah. If, if you've ever had hamstring oh, cramps, yeah. it's the worst. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was Frankensteining over the the the. The, the finish line. I, I was locked legs because if yeah. I flexed my knee at all, I was going into a full, <laughs> full cramp, and I was on the ground. My wife is, she's trying to straighten my leg out yeah. for me, and uh, and it was that time that I was looking around the, the entire race. I'm like, why are there so many mustard packets all over the place? There's mustard packets everywhere. Huh? It helps with cramps. There's uh, a, oh, okay. what's it? I forget the name of the chemical that's in there that actually impedes the signal to your muscle from your brain. Really. Hmm. So I did some research on it, and I'm like, okay, this is valid. This works, and when I do the beast, I'm bringing it. I went, we stopped at there's a AMPM right before you turn into the equestrian center. Right. I walked in, you know, where they make the hot dogs. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, other people know about this too because it was hard, it was almost gone. No, oh, this wow. is in the morning. <laughs> that is insane. I'm like, people people know about this, and so I grabbed a handful, yeah. put it in my pocket, <laughs> and I'm re- sucking on mustard the whole race. I'll remember that in November. Yeah. Oh, I have doing? a half half marathon. Yeah, just stock up on mustard, man. Or pickle Why juice. Why would you go for packets? Just go to Costco, get the, you know, and just start drinking. Just a, <laughs> one of those runners wear with the water on their belt. Yeah, just, just one of them's got a mustard. Yeah. So are you doing a half in November? Yeah. Which, which are you doing? Is it a... Uh, it's the um, AZ48. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what... I, I don't know. My wife schedules all that stuff, so yeah. I, I don't know. Have you done a half before? Four. Oh, okay. I think this will be our fifth, my fifth one. Okay, yeah. Have you done a full yet? I don't know if I could do a full. Oh my gosh, that is tough. Not doing it. Yeah, ever. that is tough. I trained for a full. I was about four weeks out from doing it, but it started getting so grueling that your training is now all day. Yeah, like you're not waking up and working out for an hour or two. Yep. You're waking up and you have to spend eight hours working out. I think like 25 t- years ago I could have done a full, but yeah, but it's insane. I've done a couple halves. I did a half. I did two PF Chang's halves. And then I did a half, ironically, I did a half, um, I did a, a short sprint 
but I got lost during the short sprint, so I ended up running it twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute, I just did a half. Like, yeah. But yeah, those halves are they're tough. Like they're they're definitely tough. But honestly, like the thing about the half is if you find a pace, you're golden. Yep. You know, if you find a pace. And that's the thing that killed me when I did my Spartan race. Like it wasn't that the obstacles were hard or difficult or right. It wasn't that that they were challenging. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some ones that were challenging. The over some of the overwall ones were challenging because because yeah. you're around a bunch of other people and you can't really do a lot of the athletic movements like you sort of mm-hmm. want to do because you're flipping your leg over and you're kicking a girl in the face, you know. Yeah. But uh, the hardest part of the Spartan race for me was the running. You know, it was the it was okay. This is eight miles. What I can barely run a mile. I have to run yeah. eight miles, and they do break it up. But I remember one Spartan race I did an obstacle was running a mile. So I think I can't remember where we did it at, but um, it was out there by Wikipedia or whatever it's called. Oh, so Fort McDowell. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was out there, and one of the obstacles was running like a mile. So they broke up, you know, a, uh, two obstacles. You know, they have like an obstacle. I think it's yeah. like every half mile or whatever. Yeah. They broke it up where an obstacle was running a mile. And I, we're running, we're running, and the, my partner and I that did it with me were like, "God, this is running is taking forever." Oh, this must be an obstacle. Is running a mile? That's a terrible obstacle, man. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. Because yeah. like, for me, when I see an obstacle coming, I'm like, "Thank God." So like, I don't know about I you, have to stop running. But like, I never go into those races thinking I'm going to win. Like that is right. the one thing that I know that I'm not going to win at. Yeah. So like, I just go into them having fun. I go there to beat my wife. Well, yeah, that's not, not 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 physically. Well, actually, yeah, that's not a that's not a weird kicking in the face going We we did a uh, I think it was a Portland sprint. So my wife, uh, she works out a lot. She's in great shape. Yeah, and her cardio is amazing. Yeah, mine's not. Yeah, but I'm really good at the obstacles. So mm-hmm. we we did one. It was it was really funny. I think we had another friend friend of ours that did it with us. But um, she took she took off. You know, in the beginning, it's running. Usually they start you uphill, which yeah. is what they did here. And I'm like, there she goes. And, and the whole time, I'm like, I cannot let her beat me. And there was one point where I'm like, she's going to beat me. I'm never going to hear the end of this. Yeah. My my strength was there's a lot of you know monkey bars and stuff where you yeah. got to hang, got to right. climb a rope. I'm like, I'm grip just, stuff. I'm like, I might get her here. Yeah. It was halfway through the race, and there was that that wall, that A frame where you yeah. have to go sideways across. And oh you've yeah. Got yeah the yeah. handholds. You've got the ropes. Yeah. The chains. Yeah. And I saw her doing burpees. I'm like, oh, that yeah. was my chance. Yeah. I went through it. I made sure I didn't make eye contact with her. I made it through. I didn't have to do burpees. I took off up this hill because immediately there's this huge hill. Yeah. I get up to the top. I went. I ran as fast as I could. I had to get on one knee and catch my breath. And I was staring down the hill watching her. I'm like, all right. As soon as she starts to run up this hill, I'm taking off again. It gave yeah. me it gave me about a minute or two to rest. And from there, I was just redlining the whole race. Wow. So she thought she beat me because she didn't see me. Yeah. I crossed the finish line with a big old smile on my face. I'm like, I can't wait to see her look yeah. on her face. Yeah. And when she crossed the finish line, I was just standing there with my arms yeah. crossed. And she looked at me. She's like, Which when one? did you pass yeah. me? Which one was it? <laughs> when you were doing burpees. Yeah. Like you, you, had to, you failed like four stations. I didn't fail any. Yeah, that was the one that I felt. I felt on the wall where you had to like grip, like the grips are like that. And you had to like basically Spider-Man the wall yep. across. That was yep. the one I felt on because I couldn't get you know flat enough. That one's hard, man. That was so hard. You got to yeah. get your legs Which made really me go back to the gym and go, oh, I need to try work my flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So my sister was a um, track star, cross country star. My mom was a runner. My dad was a runner. My dad was a professional tennis player. My mom mm. was a professional bodybuilder. So I had, and and running was always just part of it, you know. So I used to run a lot as a kid, and then in college I ran a lot. And for whatever reason, to, still today, I I get up and I'm just like, if I could go run three miles and just clear my head while I'm running, that's that's what I do is I run and I'm just like, 
okay, I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to, th-, you know, that's yeah. that's what I use it for. Yeah, so. it's definitely euphoric when it comes to like getting that, getting that runner's high. Three quarters of a mile is where I'm like, why the f- am I doing this? What the hell is wrong with me? And then, oh my gosh, then I hit first that, ten feet. I know. <laughs> then I then I hit that three quarters of a mile, and I'm like, something clicks, and I'm just like, boom, I'm gone. You know, yeah. but I'm still I I'm pretty good at pacing myself yeah. from the beginning. Number one, running is is that that's so hard. It's hard in your joints. It's hard if you have poor posture. It's hard in your back. Right. It's hard in your lungs. It's hard in your heart. Like it's just hard in general. Yeah, and. And I tell people all the time, like, I wish I used to be when I started in fitness, I was a runner. Like, that's how I would clear my head was I'd go for a run after work when I was working at Sprouts. I'd run down the beach and stuff. And once I got into the weights and started understanding the weightlifting part of it, it was when I stopped doing the cardio and I was yeah. I stopped doing that running. And um, I wish to this day, I wish I still had that endurance to do that because it's so difficult. And I tell people all the time, like, just start by walking. I tell myself that start by walking. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's so difficult to get that. Like you said, the time too, because in my head, and this is just—I don't know if you guys think like this—but in my head, when I'm running, I'm like, "Oh, I could be do something better." Oh you know, yeah, every like, single time. Like, well, that's my problem is I, uh, I own my company and then working yeah. with the school and doing yeah. you know all the stuff that I do. It's hard to you know, and I get up in the morning, I'm like, "All right, I got some work to do," and then and then I'll go for a run or I'll go to the gym. And like yesterday, yeah, I was here for twelve hours and couldn't get out away from the seat to do anything. Yeah. And then by the time I did that, I didn't want to run when I got yeah. home. You know. yeah. Well, running's a lot cheaper, too. No. <laughs> you don't need a membership. You don't need a membership. Right. You don't yeah. need gym equipment. You know? Well, in Phoenix, you might. Yeah, right. It gets pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I enjoy running in the heat. Like, if it's 112 outside, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm yeah. going to go for a two or three mile run. So have you ever wanted to do like an obstacle course, like a, a Tough Mudder or Spartan Race or anything like that? No, I've never, never done one of those and never really care to do one <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they're they're hard i mean they're they're so my wife um she signed signed us up for a tough mutter a couple times and even those are difficult those are just little 5ks of you know 23 obstacles 22 obstacles and there's like an obstacle every quarter mile and those ones are even difficult too yeah i mean those the, the obstacles aren't difficult some of them are just going down this little little hole that they dug out and you know they call it something or they yeah uh, what was that one there's a there's one that's all mud, uh, the, pit. the mud mile yeah. or something yeah, like that. That one was the one that got me. That's the, terrible. The mud mile, yeah, yeah, that's terrible. And then the the getting electrocuted. That's oh yeah, that's the thing that turned me <laughs> off. I've the, the they called the one that yeah they call the electric eel. Yeah, that's the one I yeah. I, it's yeah. not the finish line. Yeah, one you have where to you, crawl underneath that fence. Yes. and there's little things that you hang. Could, you could smell your fillings. Nope. When you get zapped. Yeah, and you don't know which ones are live. Some of them have more more voltage. Yeah. Not going to do that. With those others. Nope. It's I. Those the dip- last one I did, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I went around it. I'm like, I don't feel like getting electrocuted. I'll jump in that Arctic enema. That's fine. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Really bad. The and fire, they, the fire, jump over the fire oh, to that's, finish. That's, that's, that's my it's favorite called, part. Yeah, it's yeah. called the Arctic enema? Yeah, that's yeah. what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, the last one I did, it was up in the Pacific Northwest. They had uh, a wall. They put a wall in it this time, yeah. and you had to submerge yourself underneath it. Mm-hmm. When I got out of there, I'm like, are you kidding me? There's a wall now? I have to go completely under? And yeah. It's full of ice. Yeah, full of oh, ice wow. and today, mud. And today, it's all the rage to take. You don't you know, know what plunges, but yeah, you don't know what else is in that water. <laughs> and then, and then you cramp up for the next mile yeah. when you get out of it because well, you're yeah. overheating. Now you jump in, and now you've got another obstacle. And you're cramping up, and and that's you didn't have any mustard with you. No, this is before I found out about <laughs> mustard. Spicy brown. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's that's why I think uh, uh, those races. That's I mean, there's a lot of people that 
undervalue those races. But for the average, for the gen pop, like that, those are great. They're fun. Mm-hmm. Dates. Like right. setting a date. Like, right. We all have like, oh, I have a cruise coming up or you know, a wedding, you know, or a family reunion or. But those are really great obstacles because, yeah, the obstacles may not be difficult to like myself or you or mm-hmm. you. But like for a genuine population, like running in general is hard. Yeah. So there's there's an obstacle right there. Then you add, but, but add then you add like even. you know then you add like the rope swing. We have to swing across with a rope, and you'll be surprised how many people actually can't do that. And so like even just like looking into your local like hey there's a you know a little fun run coming up. There's I mean I live up in Anthem, but in Anthem there's always a a, a race or some kind of you know right. event going on, mm-hmm. and it's like hey I signed you up for this. It was twenty bucks. You know, hey, I signed you up for this date. You know, like, hey, let's let's train for this reason because this is gonna be something I think you're gonna be really good at. Or yep. Yep. I did a triathlon uh, a couple years back. So, f- piece of advice for anybody that does a triathlon: learn how to swim, okay? Because that's important. That's important. Well, so my my, <laughs> my wife is doing triathlons. Yeah, and she swam in high school, so she knows how to swim. Wow. And and she already she got can, me beat right there. <laughs> she can figure out the bike. That's not that's not hard. But then she wanted me to teach her how to run, and that's how I actually got into the you know the school and the yeah. fitness side of things is because i was like she came to me and said i want to do a triathlete uh, i want to do a triathlon but yeah. i want you to teach me how to run you underestimate how many people go out there so when you line up there's like 200 people that you're out there swimming with and right. so you're you're not just like swimming like a jolly like oh i'm just gonna go and swim in the lake real quick like, like you're you're with people shoulder to shoulder but i didn't i actually <laughs> this sounds terrible but I got to the water. I had my so first things first. I did not know what to wear, so I wore a speedo because I thought that that's what people wear. Were you we the only one? Right, only one, <laughs> only one in a speedo in oh, the middle man. of October at Tempe Town Lake. All right. Oh yeah, that's it's still speedo weather. In October. I, uh-huh. I stuffed first of all. <laughs> so I get there. I uh, go down to the water, and I'm already not confident in my swim because I sink. Like, I got. I don't know how to swim. So like I, yeah. I was just swim, gonna, swim like this. I was just gonna backstroke the whole time. Like I was right. backstroke because I can. Yeah. I can backstroke, right? No, I get there. I see how many people are there. I see all the people fighting for you know position and stuff. So I'm like, no, not gonna do this. So I literally leave. This was. Uh, I leave. Uh, come back an hour later because <laughs> i was like going back i went back to my truck debating if i was going to do it or not <laughs> talk finally talked myself into doing it go and do it do the bike do the do the the race and and yeah and it was it was it was a great decision to do it but i was so scared because i was like this i can't i'm gonna drown like <laughs> like no one's gonna find me in this lake like like there are people that are like legit swimmers and i'm I don't even know how to do this. Well, so. you, you, I mean, you, you got the first part right, speedo. Yeah. So you look like you knew what you were doing. Oh yeah. I well, I did mean, you have that, goggles too? I had the swim cap. I had yeah. the goggles because again, I in where I practice. Let me tell you where I practice for the swim. So I had a friend that did triathlons, and she's like, "Hey, you have to go to the lake and practice. Like, go find a lake because it's <laughs> the best way to practice." Right. I lived in an apartment at the time. I just swam in the apartment pool, <laughs> which is like, which is like a kiddie pool, right. you know. Let me see how long I can hold my breath underwater. <laughs> that was my training for this thing. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Um, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad I finished it. And my came. my wife goes to a couple of different lakes about twice yeah. a week. So yeah, yeah. It, I trained a couple of people for the Ironman. Um, I real quick. Uh, I remember training this guy for the Ironman. Five a.m. I get a call. He's starting, guys, at Tempe, and he calls me at 5 a.m., and uh, 8.30 at night, 
I go down to Tempe and he's finishing at 8.30 at night. Those iron, those people that do those iron, I trained two guys for an Ironman in my lifetime and they, no joke, training oh, yeah. all day, yep. all day. I mean, I couldn't, I, I couldn't do that. Like that's the reason why, like I, th- there's a reason why those people are such elite athletes and they yeah. do that because they dedicate their life to one thing. And that's, you know, I give it up to you who run, you know, to your running because again, my mind, I mean, call it ADHD or whatever you want to call it. But I, when I'm running, I think about what else I could be doing. Right. You know, I think about, oh, I could be, you know, sending out this email or, you know, setting up this consultation or, you know, smoking a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually my thought. I'm like, I could be home. So I smoking a cigar. Yeah. It's way less effort. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm usually thinking about like, oh, when am I going to get the next console? Like I'm thinking about business where I'm like, you know, stressing about, about that. And, and that's the other thing too, you know, real quick when it comes to, you know, owning your own gym, I don't think gets talked a lot about and that's something that i still suffer to this day is how do you balance right Right. like how do you balance that work-life balance like you know you want to be able to be successful in your gym and have you know a bunch of clients if you have i had a membership gym you know so i had you know people that were coming and going and so we got two and but how do you walk away like how do you step away from it and go hey okay i'm good where i can like go to the party or go to go to dinner with my wife or how do you go, oh, I need to pull late night tonight or, or early morning. Like, I don't think that gets talked a lot about enough about, you know, finding that balance. And that's super important to a lot of aspiring trainers and coaches is, you know, what kind of gym do you want to own? You know, yeah. do you want to own a studio where you're just like, I own a studio or I'm just the only one running it. Right. You know, but if when I owned my, when I owned my membership gym, that was one of the best, worst decisions I've ever made. Because I remember, I remember I started, my first gym I ever owned was 500 square feet. I had five bumper plates which was weird because you know i couldn't even fill the whole side like i had five bumper plates i bought right what do you do that fifth one uh it was <laughs> just off the side <laughs> point, that's right um i had one barbell i had a uh homemade power rack um and then i had um a sled a prowler sled but i made it work so when i first started coaching and training there's a park on like 15th avenue northern that i used to train a couple girl groups at you know and i used to go there with a couple of resistance bands and do some exercises and stuff when I very, very first started into to coaching and training. And um, so I learned real quickly body weight exercises, body weight movements, mm-hmm. plyometrics, functionality, and stuff like that too. And eventually over time, I started buying equipment, finding people that were selling it, always shopping, you know, the Craigslist and the offer ups and, you know, the marketplaces and stuff. I used to, you know, basically look for that stuff like that. And um, long story short, it grew into where I broke down the wall next to us. So our 500 square foot turned into a thousand square foot. Mm. And then um, I remember being like, oh, this is great. Like we're doubling our, our profits, our revenues so high. Like we finally have money in the bank account. Like I'm not right. investing every dollar back into the business. Like things are good. And I uh, got an opportunity to lease out a place that was three times that size. Oh, wow. So it was like, or no, excuse me, four times the size. It was 4,000 square feet, but 1,000 square feet was just office space. And so when you walked into our gym, it was a lobby. It was, um, we had a full size kitchen. So I would, so we were doing meal prep. We would do massage and rehab therapy. We would had, we had a daycare and that's just a thousand of office space. Um, we had a full supplement studio. We would sell supplements out of there. Plus I had my office. So it was a huge place. And then you walk behind the door in the bay was 3000 square feet of gym. And so we had to fill that with equipment and, and we were able to, you know, have a membership base. That's a good sized gym. Yeah, it really was. But the day that I signed that lease, my best friend told me, he goes, my, my best friend Sheva said, you'll never work harder than you ever work in your life trying to maintain this. And I didn't even bat an eye. I was like, I'm no, I I'm not this. a stranger to hard work. Like I can do this. Right. 
I did not know the toll it would take on my relationship, on my marriage, the toll it would take on me personally, yeah. the toll it would take on my relationships with my clients, the toll it would take on my business, like starting to hate the business. I felt, I remember at that time, I felt so lonely. Not because I didn't love what I was doing, but because there was never, I always compare it to like, you know when you're sinking and you just can have just your lips enough above water where you can breathe just a little bit? But, but I that's how I compared it to, was I just always felt like I was sinking. Because I didn't have the foundation, I didn't have the infrastructure, I didn't have the ability to be able to have a balance and love what I did. So yeah. my best decision, it was a great learning experience. It was like going to college. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot. But my best decision I ever made was downsizing. Because that's in the studio I'm in now. I've been there for five and a half years. And when I was with the big gym, I my clients were numbers. I, I just yeah. needed, I needed to get the big clients. I needed right. to get the ones that were going to help me maintain this place. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when I downsized, it definitely was like a big like, oh, and now these are actual people again. I don't have to get the next person in. I don't have to, you know, I can now have those relationships again, which helped bring in more more quality clients mm -hmm. and and it helped establish a better work life balance where I can, you know, like I said, take a night off or take a day off and go, okay, I know I'll be good tomorrow rather than I have to be there to get new members and sell the cheapest of memberships just to get people in the door and stuff. So I was I was glad to learn that lesson early on in life because yeah. we were just talking about it with Kyle on the podcast the other day. When I took guitar lessons as a kid, the um, my instructor for the guitar lessons, he was fantastic, excellent instructor. And then he started bringing on even more clients and more clients and like started like grouping people together. And it got to a point where he was no longer a good instructor and I stopped taking lessons. Yeah. And then I looked at that later on, you know, all through high school and college and everything going, I never want to get to that point where I'm that big and I can't really focus on the customers and take care yeah. of the customers. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's such an important lesson to learn. And, and again, I wish, I mean, it was obviously an expensive learning experience, but yeah. I wish I had learned that a lot earlier because, I mean, I don't regret moving out of that gym because I love that big gym because I love the space, the opportunity I had. I worked with, high schools in that gym i worked with other coaches in the area in that gym like it was definitely a great opportunity right but i love the place i'm in now where i can you know have like some of my clients have the key to my front door so if i'm not there they can just go in themselves and yeah and have and they go in and, and work out like a normal gym so it's super it's a, it's such a, a great experience but i i don't think that gets talked about enough is you know the work-life balance between how do you start mm -hmm. a business and how do you maintain your sanity you know right, how do yeah. you maintain that Day. Well, we talk about it in the school a lot with, you know, our students because we really, you know, say, hey, you know, when I'm talking about with their customers, I'm like, you need to set your boundaries mm. of I train between these hours. If you need to train with me at 630 yeah. in the afternoon, I can't do that Yeah, because that's my family time. Yeah. Right. And I try to get them to understand that and, you know, set those boundaries of what times they're going to work and stay to it because the, the clients will just eat them up on. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. But at the end of the day, money does talk. Yep. And if someone's yeah. offering you $1,000 for that hour, <laughs> oh, I really need this. This yeah. is my this is that hour. I mean, I just had a client literally last week sign up for me, and she can only do 7 p.m. I stopped mm, training at ouch. 7. You know, I stopped training at 7. Right. And she's like, but I need this. And she has a bunch of inabilities. Shoulder surgery, knee yep. rehab, like all this stuff. And, you know, I, I, I told her, I was like, listen, I, I, I feel for you. I just don't, can't do that out. That's my me time, you know? And she's like, but I, but I, but I'll do this. I'll, I'll pay you this and I'll do this. And, 
And normally at my gym, we do three-month packages. I said, let's just do it for a month. We'll see how it goes, and we'll, we'll do that. And so you know, I, I obviously went home and talked to my wife about it make sure she was okay with it first because, I mean, that's an hour away from my son. Right. It's an hour away from her. It's an hour away from my family time. It's twice a week, you know, you know, two hours a week for four weeks. So it's it's not terrible, but at the end of the day, it's still two hour, two hours a week. Um, and it's it, it does money does talk. And oh, when yeah. it comes to like setting those boundaries, it's super hard. As a young trainer, you want to get as many people. I've coached over. Oh, I've, yeah. I've coached over five hundred different people, and you want to get as many bodies in front of you as possible. Yeah. Sure. So you want to mm-hmm. set those. At the end of the day, you want to set those boundaries. It's so difficult to because in the you, beginning, for sure. Yeah, right. it's difficult because mm-hmm. you want to be like, oh no, I can do this all day. I my when I worked at so when I first became independent for an entire summer from. Um, May to August, when I when I quit Fitness One, I, when I left Twenty Four Hour Fitness, I took about a half a dozen clients with me, right? And I trained them independently at this gym. But I would get up, I would train. My first client was at four a.m. It was Rosa. She was. I would train her at four a.m. I would train Mike at five a.m. Then I train a girl named Debbie at six. I train two people at seven. I have to be at Fitness One at 8 a.m. because I was a fitness manager over there. So then I would train at Fitness One from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Hmm. You know, as taking consultations and selling fitness. Then two, I would train Sunita. Three, I would train Cal. Back to Fitness at 4 p.m. Fitness One, and I would train oh, wow. at Fitness One from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. because they are over there. Their schedules are eight to eight every day. And then I would train eight o'clock. I'd go back to the independent studio and I train Brenda at 8 p.m. and then a girl named uh, another girl at 9 p.m. So I'd get out of work at 10. Wow. And I did this. Every single day, for I did this every day. I would train 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night Jeez. every single day. That's burnout right there. Yeah, oh, quick. It, but here's the thing: is when I was young, I was naive, and I and I realized like, hey, this is what my goal was in life. I wanted to be a. Tra- I wanted this. Mm-hmm. Like right. this is what I wanted, and so I had to really pay my dues and do all those things to make it to where I was able to develop those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And even to this day, some of those people still train with me to this day because they were with me during those struggles. I still contact, I'm still in contact with all those people too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was burnout really quickly and I only did it for four or five months. But at the end of the day, like it was, it made me, it yeah. made me learn the other side. Yep. You know, it's a lot of reps. And a lot of it's important in the beginning. Get get those reps. I, I did the same thing when I was at twenty four hour fitness. I was yeah. working twelve hour days. Yeah. You know, six AM, some five AMs, and I would get done at nine, ten. Well, eh, nine. I think that was the latest I ever stayed. Right. But man, I was so done. I'd go home, take a nap, and then just caffeinate myself as as much as I possibly <laughs> could and go back in there yeah. and try to be there for this for my clients, you know, after yeah. the second right. part of the day, which is harder to, to rally. You know, the morning's good, you're there. Um, yeah. you get full attention in the afternoon, you know, after that caffeine wears off, you're starting to, your eyes starting to close. You're, yeah. you're not firing all cylinders. Yeah. So they're not getting what they could have got out of you if they worked with you, say in the morning. So right. I always felt like the late, late sessions, I'm like, yeah, they're not getting my true potential. They're not right. getting my, my mm. best self. Right. And, and I, and I felt like, well, maybe I should back off a little bit, but like you said, money does talk and you're like, well, I've got this hour. Why not? Yeah. This is before I had, had, a, had my daughter. Like, why not? Why not just sure. work all day, get more reps, make yeah. more money, of yeah. course. Um, and it's, it's all educational um, opportunities as well because mm-hmm. you're always learning, yeah. you know, from clients and you're learning how to program better and, and all that sort of thing. So it didn't last long. I started to, when I went independent, I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Until somebody's like, hey, I can only work out at 8 p.m. And I'm like, oh, it's, well, I'm off at 8. Yeah. And then they're like, uh, I want to do a 30-pack. I'm like, all right. 
fine. Yeah. It's yours. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know? Yeah. And that's, and that's so hard. And like I said, having that, like that mentor, that structure, because <clears throat> excuse me, my mentor really helped me un- understand the selling part of it. He, under- he helped me understand the business part of it. I right. never had anybody help me understand like the, the actual structure of it. You know, like my wife's a certified health coach and she, in her training, they really talked about setting those boundaries. And she would always tell me every day, like, you need to set boundaries. You need to set, you know how important it is to set boundaries. And it wasn't until I really understood what that meant, you know, cause then I wasn't such a slave to work. I was actually enjoying going to work and being like, oh, like this is, I can only, like I work right now, I work 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. I have a four hour break and I come back and finish up the rest of the day. Right. And, but during that four hour break, I make sure I get my workout in. I make sure I get my mm-hmm. food in. I make sure I answer any emails I have. If I have to take a rest, I'll take a rest. Like I have four hours of my day where I'm like, I need to, go play with my son like i can do mm-hmm. the right. things that i want to do to help create that balance but that's so important that you know we stress because as coaches and trainers like we we want to build the best business we want to have the best growth in our in, in our field but at the end of the day like it's like how do you say no to those clients that say yeah hey, i'm gonna do that and and honestly to be honest with you a lot of those clients that are really paying that much money if you keep telling them no they're gonna keep Rising the price anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so, right, right. So yeah. tell them no the first time. Trust me. You know, yeah. um, and and that's the thing about it is 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 I think that, you know, like I said, it's it's so difficult to, you like you said, you want to get those reps in as much as possible. And I don't regret any of those opportunities I had because they were all opportunities to yeah. make me a better coach and trainer. But at the end of the day, like I I do regret like not having a better balance because it does become more of a habit now and that's yeah. that's where i fault that's my fault is i do a lot of things where it's like well you know money does and i still to this day do, like i said i just picked up that client last week where it's like oh i i guess i can't do it now which i wish not that i regret it but okay it's again in the back of my head i used to do it before i can do it again you know and yeah. when it's a one-on-one session like we talked about earlier those relationships are built right but now when you have four or five people yeah you you still are building a community and one of the things I love about our gym is like it is a community. Like everybody knows everybody. Everybody's there to support. You know, on Saturdays we do a two-hour workout, so everybody that comes in on Saturdays is always enthusiastic for the workout because you know there's a lot of things to it. But I definitely feel like if I'm going to charge more, I need to have more one-on-one. I, I spoke to a coach who's up in actually Washington, and he had told me one time he said, "Hey man, charge the same as what you would charge for group as if it was individual." And I'm like, really? Yeah, because he says, well, it's you still gave me individualized training, you know. And and I was like, well, that's that's mm. so weird because it's not really individualized if everybody's right. doing the same workout, right? Right. But the flip side to that is it also made me a better coach and trainer, where now I can give somebody a personalized workout. Yeah, I mean, a squat, a squat. But if you have an inability to do a squat, we can go and adjust this and and have, you know this be our workout whereas everybody else is saying doing a barbell squat but you're maybe doing a wall ball squat instead you know and we can do that but pricing is so weird because you know uh, i don't know about you guys but when it comes to when i quote people on pricing the first thing they do is obviously they try to haggle it down sure. hey, let's, uh, hey it's 500 dollars for one time a week or whatever oh no i can only do two yeah. oh you know and then it becomes this like negotiation tactic right but it's hard to be able to justify like oh Let's do five hundred dollars a week. Oh, but you're also going to train with you know four or five other people, right? You know, and that's where I think I struggle with now is how do I, like, I recently like, so I just put out this message like, like a couple months ago to our current clients. Like, I haven't asked for an increase in you know since I've been open, right? But 
I'm not gonna lie, like with all the inflation going up and everything, oh, I was yeah. like, I should I should probably ask for a raise, right? I should probably ask for an increase. And so I did. I mean, I think I ended up bumping up a couple people, fifty bucks, whatever, right? Like, you know. But the hardest part is being able to go, oh, how do you justify it when you're training with four or five other people? Right. You know, you wanna like I'm not saying I'm a group trainer because I'm not I always tell people I'm not group training, right? It's semi private. So it's four to five people an hour. But like if everybody's doing the same thing, everybody's got the same meal plan and the structures are all the same with everybody else is how do you say, oh, but by the way, it's still individualized, right? Like that's so, that's sort of the realm that I'm in now where it's like, okay, it is individualized training. Like it's, I'm the only coach in my gym. So you're not working with another coach. Um, you you have to look at it as, sorry to mean to interrupt yeah, you, good. but you have to look at it as you're, you're not, you're not charging for your time. You're charging for your knowledge. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what you have to look at it. You're, you're training four or five people at the same time. Yeah. They're all getting the same amount of knowledge. Right. Right. Yeah. They're, that goes yeah. back to that self-efficacy, uh, self-efficacy thing mm-hmm. where it's like, Hey, if I've been doing this for 15 years, right. this is now my prices. I just find it so hard uh, from a moral standpoint and just yep. from a, a, a self, self, self standpoint where it's like, Man, I, I feel like I shouldn't charge this because you're also training with four or five other people. The other the other problem you have with with pricing is you're the owner of the company. Yeah, there's no one above you. Yeah, you know, and and I tell the students all the time, I'm like, create an LLC and hide behind that LLC. Yeah, and say the company created these prices and I can't vary from them. Yeah, or I can vary from them, you know, five dollars yeah. an hour or yeah. something like that. But, yeah, you know, so, and that's where I run into being the owner of my company. Yeah. If one of my customers gets me on the phone, then they're like, yeah, do we have to do this so we can save some money? And I'm like, there's no one that I can't, no one above me that I can go, nope, we have to because. Let me go talk to the boss real quick. Ron, yeah, let me Ron, ask my manager. Ron, yeah. Ron, Ron says we car, have to. Car salesman yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's what I'm saying is like it's, it's super, super hard because, you know, it's it's a good problem. It's hard because it's a good problem to have because I have people that train. Like right. I said, every hour is booked. But again, when everybody's only paying twenty dollars a session or twenty five dollars a session, yeah, I'm I'm very thankful. I'm finally making that hundred dollars an hour. But at the end of the day, like when you get a new person that wants to come on and you want to be like, hey, these are your the prices. You can't kick off four people that you're like. It'd be dumb for me to be like, okay, these four people mm-hmm. are all paying me a hundred dollars an hour right. to pay to train this client at $65 an hour. That'd be, that'd be unlogical. Like that wouldn't make any sense, you know? So it's hard to accustom to these new prices. One of the things that I, I got hurt really, really fast in was taking people on at $20 an hour. And then all of a sudden everybody at that mm-hmm. hour falls off. And now you're training this one person for $15 an hour. Yeah. You know, or this one person for twenty dollars an hour, right? And then you start going, "Oh wow, this sucks! Like mm-hmm. this, this is not even worth my time." You know, yeah. then you start, then you start devaluing that person because then, as a coach, you start looking at them like, "Oh, you cheap ass! Like, why don't you yeah. pay me what I'm worth?" And then you start having that un, un, you know, professional relationship with them because now you're not even taking them seriously. They're not taking it seriously because they're only paying twenty. So pricing is so difficult. It's it I, is. it's 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 such a struggle because you know what you're worth. You have to find. But do you? I think a lot of trainers don't. They well, have no yeah. idea what they're worth. Right. Well, they don't. They just go, oh, well, everybody says I should charge $60 an hour, so I'm going to charge $60 an hour. See, right. That's the thing is when I got out of training school, when I first became a trainer, I was doing it for free because I just wanted to coach. Yeah. So I did everybody for free. 
like I remember this one guy told me one time, like I wouldn't get out of bed for less than 80. And I was like, I want to get to that position. You know, like I <laughs> right. want that type yeah. of mindset. Yeah. But when I first got out of school, I wanted to just do it. So I took $10. Cool. I'll take it. Right now I have a Groupon out, right? And my Groupon is $7 a training session. You know what I'm saying? That Groupon has been one of the best things for me because it's not, no one trains on the Groupon anymore. I don't have any spots for it. So no one trains on the Groupon anymore. But it's been the best thing for me because what they do is they come in, they go, oh, I didn't know you were here. So now it's advertising. Yeah. Then they go, oh, cool. Well, you definitely know what you're doing. So I'm going to go ahead and either, because right now if you buy a Groupon with me, I can I take a money off your top package. So that you, now I get the Groupon sales. So now it looks like I'm selling Groupons at on actual website. So it right. obviously bumps my, my algorithm up. And on top of that too, like, they're paying full price for training sets because now they, they know what they're getting. My Groupon is supposed to be similar to the three pack at 24. That's where I got the idea for the yeah. Groupon was yep. it's a comfortable and confident package where you're going to go in, you're going to be comfortable in my gym and you're going to be confident with me as a trainer. Yeah. No one redeems a Groupon and does Groupon sessions with me because I don't have time to service them. They just automatically jump into the training sessions with right. me. So it's a win-win for me as far as that goes. But the, the thing about it is, is would I train for $7 an hour? I try not to. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done it in a couple of years, but yeah, right. when I first started out, yeah, I was doing that because I needed to get those Groupon clients in. Yeah. In fact, most of the clients I have now all came from Groupon. They've stuck with me this whole wow. entire time. So, yeah, I saw that on your website that it went to went to Groupon. Yeah, it was a Groupon. Yeah. Thing. I've had that there for I mean over eight years or over ten years now. I didn't even know Groupon was still a thing. Oh yeah, my <laughs> wife uses it all the time. Really? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. didn't. I literally thought it just had died out, and then I saw it on your well, website. Was, I was like. Yeah, All right. It was living social. That was a big one for us. And then it changed in the group on. But that's what I'm saying is like, though, that's a great, that's social media for me. For me, that right. gets me the clients. Yeah. For me, people yeah. find me on You're there. You're lowering the barrier of entry for people who might ever, might not ever consider doing it. And yeah. I'm like, well, it's only $7. Might as well. Yeah. And then they see how yeah, awesome it can what, be. And then they get to meet you. That's and exactly like, what This it was. is amazing. Yeah. So. That's exactly what it is. It's it's supposed to be a, a low risk, a high reward. Because you're right. either going to, like it and want to continue or you're going to hate it and want to go somewhere else which yeah. is fine well, with and me that, and that goes back to if they saw you on social media they might not do it but if they have to pay money at Groupon they'll do it yeah yeah exactly which, you know it goes back to that same thing of like if you charge $60 an hour people will be like oh okay that's kind of normal but if you charge $100 an hour it's like oh wait he must be really good that's kind of you know the, how people generally look at that is like right. right if they know what prices are in the industry and okay. a lot of people have no idea what if they've never had a trainer, right. they don't know what the price is. And sometimes they hear, what do you mean 80 an hour? Seriously? Like, okay, so I have a question. So if you say if he charges $100 an hour, he must be really good. Mm -hmm. You don't think that the stigma uh, now, I'm talking about now in 2023, the stigma of online training and overnight trainers, and you don't think that that stigma has now impacted or affected that $100 an hour? Because the reason why I ask that question is because you're absolutely right. Like if somebody was charging $100 an hour for a training session, I mean, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you can say, oh, he must be really, really good or she must be really, really good. But I think now because everybody in the world now can just jump online and get certified, it's like, well, they're right. not really good. So like that's the thing too is like yeah. how do you differentiate well, what's good and what's not? Well, I, I think that you look at it and you go, okay, this guy's $100 an hour and he's been doing it for – I've seen him at least two or three months. Yeah. Because if he's $100 an hour and he's not good, he's not going to be doing it for two or three months. He's going to be doing it for a very short time, True. and then he's going to drop down to $40. <laughs> True. Or you just have a really good marketing plan. Yeah. Or yeah. you just have yeah. a really good, you yeah. know, kind of going back to what we are talking about, like you just have a really good mm -hmm. way to advertise the same product, just 
different label it. Yeah. You know, being a fan of a lot of those supplements that I was like infatuated with, like I was when I found out that they were the same product. I'm not going to name the two companies, but there was two companies that were literally across their booths were across from each other. They were both were selling protein powders, pre workouts. You know, the traditional aminos, you know, all this fat burners and stuff. One was, you know, one company and the same company, and then the owner was going back and forth between the two because they were both his booth. They were both his company. You right. didn't know he was the owner because he yeah. wasn't the face. It wasn't you know yeah. he wasn't putting himself out there. But you know that's the thing is like. How do you know who's good and who's not? And if you're going to justify it just based on price, like, I mean, at that point, that's so hard because I mean, yeah. I I would love to charge $100 an hour. I I mean, I could charge $100 an hour, but to be honest with you, I don't. Again, my schedule wouldn't allow me because then I'd be well. This person's paying 20. And they, oh, only because they've been here for five years. That's why they're paying 20. Right. You know. Oh, but this person's paying 100. There's no way I'm going to keep that person on for 100 dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying. If I if my goal is try to build long term relationships, my oh, goal yeah, sure. is try to build long term relationships. I'm trying to, you know, make these people want to stay on for as, not as long as possible, but get the most value out of what they're doing. You know, there are some trainers out there that are good snake oil salesmen. You know, right. Yeah, they, it's they, unfortunate. They, yeah. they, they'll they'll maybe I don't know what their education is, but maybe let's just say it's not not up to par. It's, or it's just your beginning entry level education, mm. and maybe they're good salesmen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, it, and I've seen it. I've seen people who have charged a lot of money, and I'm like, I don't think you know what you're doing. Well, I'm yeah. watching you with your clients, and that, they don't that follow is, the OPT model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, or could, maybe they do, and yeah. maybe that's the problem. Yeah, right. It could be that they're an influencer, and that's the reason why they're making. You know, when you look good. You well, must know what right. you're doing. And, and, I, and I, I do, I will say, I do give those people credit because at the end of the day, it that is work to it's market and promote yourself to that yeah. ability to where now you're getting people to buy into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. lot of work. Yeah, it is. You know, and and that thing is, if you're talking in the in the relative, I I like science. Like I'm a huge nerd when it comes to facts. Again, I'm a very black and white person, so like I like that you know, things are defined at what they are. And so if a person can dedicate their life to promoting themselves that much and believe in themselves that much to doing it, then more power to them that they can right. charge that because they probably only need three or four clients, you know, paying yeah, that, that you price. know, and, and exactly. And so, you know, but at the end of the day, when it comes to like, you know, having 40, like I train 40 different people now. And I mean, there are times where I wish it was down to 20 and I can just manage those 20. But, you know, it's I'm very blessed to be at where I'm at. And, and I don't and I thank God every day. Like, I'm so appreciative to having those 40 people. I mean, yeah. it's just it's it's about like I said, it's about finding that core group of people that are really going to be have your back no matter what. And as far as price go hour for any new trainer out there that's really struggling with what do I charge or how much do I should do you think I should charge? You know, no. Number one, like I said, know your worth. If you feel, if you yeah. truly feel like you're worth a hundred dollars an hour, you'll get it. You'll find people out there that'll pay for it. My advice is is have the inf- again have the infrastructure have the background first like be a master at something be be so dedicated to something. if if you're charging hundred dollars an hour you better have won some Olympia competitions mm-hmm. or you better have done some shows in one first place or you know you better have, have competed in at least the sport that you're that you're charging that in because if you're just charging Gen Pop hundred dollars an hour I don't think you're really like looking long term right. towards your business to be successful you're more looking at short term you know gain at that point and. That's never really my, my my mentor told me when I was coming up, he said, You want to build a sustainable training business, sustainable being the yeah. key. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing that I always strive for this day. I had a um I had a friend tell me one time, she said, Don't come home until you've earned a dollar. And uh, that stuck with me to this day because that allowed me to be okay with what I was coming home as long as it was a dollar. Not that I'm setting for bare minimum, but like it it motivated me to always go out there and make the new sale, sell, you know, 
sell something and, and keep keep pushing to to drive new business. Right. You know, like I, right now, I average two consults per week, or I try to shoot for two consults per week. And as an independent trainer, that's hard because you have to generate you know leads and and and, and walk ins and things like that too. And so to have two consults per week is already hard. But you know, they say eighty percent of you know as an independent trainer, eighty percent of everybody that walks in your door already is whether or not they're going to buy training or not. Like 80% of everybody that walks in your door as an independent trainer already knows whether or not they're going to buy training. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not they're going to buy training with you. Right. Right. And exactly. so now it's my job whether or not to, to tell that other 20%, hey, this is why you should you should yeah. get training from me, you know? So, you know, Got it's it. it's one of those things where pricing and, and having that, you know, those set goals. In fact, I was telling Travis uh, last time we met was I still have, I still use the 24 hour fitness business plan. Like I still have the sheet. I still fill it out every month on the first. It's still due on the first. Yeah. You showed me. Yeah. I was, if, like, if, I was like, you, you really are using that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, if I still have the same logo good. and everything yeah. on it. Or? I, yeah, it's so funny. Um, so my mentor's name was Rod and Rod and I at 24 hour fitness. We would, yeah, he would hammer me. You know, if I didn't have it felt in the first, right? Yeah. He would hammer. We used to have this little FOM or FHM. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was a checklist of things that we would go over our our one-on-one meetings. Mm -hmm. And um, we would literally fight during these (laughs) one-on-one meetings. I wasn't generating enough sales. I was new, so I wasn't good. And all this other stuff. All I cared about was getting clients. Hey, my my client lost 10 pounds. He's like, yeah, but how much money did you bring for the company? Because he was doing his job. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't blame him for it because he was doing his job. But I still to this day laugh so hard because we would literally be across the desk like this fighting, like fighting. And as soon as that meeting was over, we'd go and grab lunch. We'd hang yeah. out. He was one of my best <laughs> friends. Like it was that's, like nothing ever good. happened. That's you awesome. Know? Man, um, that that but, sounds that sounds very familiar. Yeah, because it, it, it we had this talk last time with that. Like you're you're doing your your business plan for the next month. This yeah. is what you're what you think you're going to bring in. And if you had a really good month, like a really good one, yeah. So there's some which months, is ten thousand dollars a good right. month. Yeah, there's some months where I made twelve. I think twelve something was my highest yeah. month. And then. The next month for the business plan, I put like seven. Yeah, that wasn't good enough. No, it was not. That's They're not like, good enough. why? Why only seven? You did twelve. I'm why like, not fourteen? I'm like, why dude, not the, the, the stars eight? aligned last last yeah. month. Yeah, I, right. And I've got people that are in these spots that I can't yeah. fill. Yeah, which leaves. I'm, and I was booked. I'm yeah. like, I don't know where to put anybody new. I yeah. don't have any more opportunity yeah. to to get a new client. We'll sell I'm them full. and put them with another trainer. It's all <laughs> blue. My whole schedule's blue. Yeah. which meant an actual client. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right, we'll, we'll do more, do more in supplements. I'm like, yeah. no, I, I'm already, I'm already meeting that in the yeah. first week, every week of every month. Yeah. And now you want me to up that from 200 to even yeah. more. I'm like, that's not my thing. It's, it's training. I, but, I, I will say I am very thankful to those people. Yeah. Uh, I can't say enough how thankful I am because it allowed me the ability to learn why it's serious. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was solely focused on getting the client results, right? If someone came to me and wanted to lose weight, my whole goal was to make them lose weight. It wasn't. You know, I didn't care about how much money they were spending. I just wanted to impact their life. Like right. I just wanted to be. Yeah. I always say this to this day, as corny and cheesy as it sounds, the one if there's just one person whose life I've impacted, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm okay with you know my life at that point. And so my whole goal, my very first client's name was her name was Judy, and she, I still remember to this day, but she was over 65, and she was obviously uh, special populations where she had inabilities to to be able to function. And I will say, I definitely impact her life and. But the thing about it was, I didn't care how much money she spent. That wasn't my gig. Like right. that was my boss's gig. You worry yeah. about the money. I'll worry yeah. about the client. And now that I, being on the business side of it, now looking back, I'm like, God, I'm so thankful they did that. I'm so thankful that he drove into me. It's due on the first of every month. Right. You know, I'm so thankful that he drew in, drew, drove into me why consults are important and 
why follow-ups are important and why referrals are important and why having lead generations are important and why having information being filled out is important like whether it's an email a phone number or a name like i'm so thankful that he instilled those into me because i wouldn't be in business for 10 years if i didn't have those foundations right you know i i can proudly say that i've been in business for 10 years which to me that's a huge accomplishment you know i've been a personal trainer for 15 and 10 of that has been by myself yeah. You know, no other help. I had never had a safety net and I've never took a loan out. I've never, you know, put anything on a credit card. I've never had a business partner. I never had anybody say, Hey man, I got you. Like this entire 365 gym is built on my shoulders of just me being like, Hey, like this is the direction I want to go in. And this is how we're going to do it. And, and the vision that I've had, it, I've, I, it's been many different things. When I first opened it was, Oh, I want to be a bodybuilding gym. Then I want to be a, a, you know, a, a CrossFit gym. And then I want right. to be a, you know, strongman gym. And then I want to be now that I know what I am and what I know what I'm passionate about. I know what I'm good at. Like that's what's led me to the last five and a half years here. But I mean, it's crazy. If I didn't have those people in my life to really mentor me, show me the ropes um, and say, Hey, this is what you should be doing. You yep. know, as far as business goes, I wouldn't be able to survive in this. Right. And, and honestly, I, I'll say this. One of the things I, I'm so proud of, and again, I, I don't like to, you know, sort of brag or boast about what we do as a gym, but I am so proud of the people that come in every single day because the amount of hard work that it takes to get up and do it every day. Like somebody told me the other day, they go, how, like I wasn't feeling well the other day and they go, how come you didn't cancel? I was like, cause I don't cancel. Uh, I don't cancel. Like I'm still going to come here. I may sit at my desk for five minutes between sessions, but I'm, I'm going to be here because if you have the ability to come in, then I'm going to have the ability to come in. Cause my motivation is off of you leading by example. Yeah. Right. My, my energy is driven off of you. So when you come in and you're ready to go, that means I have to be ready to go. And right. if I'm not ready to go, then what are you paying me for? You know, I take my job very, very seriously. Like when it comes, I wouldn't say I'm a hard coach, but when it comes to being in my gym, I, I don't care about, like, it's, it's so funny because as close I am with all my clients, people tell me all the time, we're not friends here. You're not, because they, they've heard this from me before. <laughs> we're not friends here. And I'm like, because yeah. I've said that before. Like, hey, we're not here to be friends. You know, we're here to, to get your results. Right. And at the end of the day, like, that's all I care about. I don't care about what you did last night. I don't yeah. care about what's going on I, I, as, as, as terrible, because this sounds terrible, right? Because the first word in personal training is personal, right? Right. And so you want to be personal with these people. But at the end of the day, like, I just care about the results. Like, and that sounds, even repeating it back sounds very weird, but like, it's true. Like, I definitely care about whether or not you're going to be out of pre-diabetic range. Well, you're not, you're not their doctor. You're not their psychiatrist, (laughs) right? Which, you know, you're, which a lot of people say, well, you have to wear 10 different hats, you know? And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I can, but, but it's, it, it, it is one of those things where, but, between the before the session after the session we can chat we can talk we can hang out we can do our thing right but when it's game time it's game time you know we have to be head down you know we have to be ready to go because we're going to weigh in every 12 weeks we're going to we're going to see the results every 12 weeks and i'm going to give you a letter grade and how you did and i would want you to get an a i want you to get an a plus i'm in school now it devastates me when i don't get an a it kills me i'm like what am i wasting my time for if i'm not going to get an a yeah and so you know when it comes to those results like i just i need you to get results i don't care if you don't want to refer anybody on that's fine i just want you to feel the same feeling i had you know like when you had when you lost all that weight when when i had i was at one point really overweight too yeah and i want you to have that same experience and have that same feeling of of wow i feel flipping good like i i love fitness one of the hardest things i think about new trainers 
and the thing that I took me a long time to grasp was not everybody has the same passion for fitness. You know, not everybody mm-hmm. shares that right. same same enthusiasm, and it's my job to convey that enthusiasm and say, "Hey, you know what? This is this is something that's going to change your life for the better. Something that's going to change your life for the good." So, yeah, that's the one thing I I will say. This is when it comes to to my gym, I'm so appreciative and thankful for is is just all the people that come in that can, and it's not just the people in the gym. It's everybody that does it for fitness. I mean, yeah. I go, I work out at Mountainside right now. And I see some of the same people in there all the time, and I'm like, man, like this is awesome. This is awesome yeah. to, to come back and, you know, and and do it all over again and again and again. My, right now, my goal is to be able to bench 405 again. I did it once. I'm trying to do it again. Wow. And um, you know, right now I'm trying to do it, and I'm like, can't. I got to keep grinding. I got to keep grinding. I can't. So stop. you don't go to your gym and work out. You go to Mountainside. Oh no, I go to my gym. And work out all the time. I'd rather work out at my gym. But there are times where you're like, oh, I need some external motivation. Right. You yeah. know, I need some. I need some. You don't realize, you know, that person that's doing the other lift, they don't realize like you're watching them because they're your competition. <laughs> like <laughs> that person that's over there squatting that right. has no clue who you are. I'm like watching them going, how much are they squatting? Yeah. How much, how much are they lifting right now? I'm trying go to count with, the plates. Yeah. I'm watching them going, okay, they did five. I'll just walk up behind them and maybe when they're done and maybe do six just in case. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that I'm watching them, but you yeah. know, they don't know yeah. that they're my competition. You've seen that one guy. I, I, it's You see it on Instagram. He's on YouTube too, but the- uh, Anatoly. Yes. Anatoly. Uh, dude, have you seen that? No. He's the cleaner. He's got a cleaning outfit and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody sent me a video of him like yeah. doing like deadlift. Like he just like picked up 405 just, like yeah. nothing. He just picks it up and moves, moves it and, and cleans yeah. underneath and then it. Mops. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. puts it back and everybody's, you know. Everybody's standing there looking at him like, what the hell just happened? Because yeah. these guys are monsters and they're like, yeah. they're doing it and barely doing it. And then he walks over and just moves it. The one thing I, I will say this, I wish, um, it's so funny because like I said, I, I bartend at night and a lot of people go, um, Hey man, are you security here? Are you security? I'm like, oh, I hate being boxed in. I hate when people, you know, right. boxed in. Sometimes you're I wish, big. You must be security. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I go, I go, oh, man. I wish. Sometimes I wish I was, you know, uh, not or wore baggier clothes or something. You know, that way I can just, you know, be like, oh, incognito. Yeah, you're, people you're, don't. You're muscular. You must be dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I was working and this guy goes, "You look like you played football and lift some weights." I'm like, "Oh, do I? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah just here and there," <laughs> which I'm thankful for because obviously the work is paying off. I mean, right. they're, they're compliments. The end of yeah. the day. they're just right. they're compliments. But you know, I always find it so funny when people go, "Oh." You look like you work out. I'm like, oh, thank you. I guess. What does that mean? <laughs> What's yeah. worse is when when people stop saying that. You're like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. what that's oh, what yeah. people do to me. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, wait, man, you you run? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, we had the conversation not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so funny because uh, you know, like I said, when people stop saying that, you go, God, I gotta hit that gym harder. That's where yeah. I'm at right now. Yeah, that's where people I'm stop <laughs> saying that's you where work I'm out because yeah. I haven't been. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it shows. Yeah, or like when the other guy, like when the new guy comes in, and you know, like, oh man. I gotta hit this a little harder. This guy's already showing me up. Like I gotta yeah. start going a little bit more. So the, the worst thing is saying you you look like a runner. Yeah, that's well. an insult. Yeah, <laughs> what are you saying? I mean, I'm, I'm aerodynamic. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it means I look like I just that's, you know jog for a living. That's not the look I want. <laughs> I don't want to look aerodynamic. Yeah, yeah. I, I got down to one ninety three because yeah. I'm foot six foot three. Yeah, so I got down to one ninety three, and everybody asked me if I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> if if I was dying, you know, if I had something wrong with me yeah, because yeah. I was really really skinny yeah. you know and then the next thing was is do you run a lot and by the way i do yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's fine i got so i'm 5'8 220 now and i'm around 16 17% body fat and and uh like i try and this is again going back to like a personal thing it's like i try so hard to like lose you know 5 pounds 6 pounds here we just we go to uh california every year for 4th of july i think that's the longest i diet was for like 3 weeks like that's the longest i've ever dieted 
So like this past weekend, you know, I, I was eating and I was like, God, I just so struggle so hard on the weekends with food. Like I, oh, yeah. I eat, it, yeah, it's hard, you know, everything under the sun. I mean, I work at a Mexican food restaurant, so you know, it's tacos, quesadillas, you know, mm. burritos, all that stuff is like, you know, just right at my fingertips. So I'm like, let me just order this real quick and, you know, have this. And I think Saturday morning I had Jimmy John's for breakfast. I had Panda <laughs> Express for lunch, oh, you know, there's and it's my like, favorite right there. I mean, it's, it's so bad. But then Monday through yeah. Friday though, I'm, yeah. I'm on it. Monday through Friday, I got my ch- chicken and rice on it too. So, you know, it's so funny because that's the balance, you know, when it comes to food, that's the balance. It's really important. Yeah. So moderation. Yeah, everything's in moderation. 80-20 rule. That's a good one. Are you a sugar guy or are you more of a... Sugar? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't until my daughter. Yeah. 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 Kids will do that too. Man, <laughs> she wants ice cream all the time. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, then when she candy. gets older and she can drive, then she'll just bring ice cream home. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee today when I pick her up at 3.30, she's going to say, Dad, we, can we go get ice cream? And I'm going to say, we've got popsicles at home, and that's what we're going to do. At least, I don't know about you guys, but at least you guys, I mean, I don't know if you guys have the wife that sends you the crumble post, the crumble Instagram post that says, oh, this is, can you believe this is the cookies of the day? And I'm like, oh. No, I just, like I said, I have daughters that pick it up and bring it home. My yeah. wife brings it home once every week to every once in every other week. And she went Saturday, she went to Target, right next to the Target by us, there's a crumble cookie. And I'm just like, of course she's going to bring them home. And I was craving yeah. crumble cookies. <laughs> yeah, She got home, no crumble cookies. I'm like, where are the yeah, cookies? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where where are the too. cookies? Yeah. I'm like, we have no sweets. Yeah, and I was yeah. craving sugar yeah. all day. Yeah. And it's like I'm you have like, to cut it in fourths and make eat that's what you fourth do. of it. Oh, like, well, like pizza. You do cut it in fourths, but yeah. then all of a sudden the, all four are gone. Like, what happened? <laughs> there's no need. So, Some so, of them, there's just pick up the whole I, thing. I yeah. literally tell my wife because she goes grocery shopping, and I'm like, okay, don't buy any sweets. Don't buy any sugar. Don't buy anything like that in the house. I don't want it in the house because I'll kill it. Like I'll, I, yep. I, I have no restriction. Like I'll eat a whole thing of Oreos, right? I have no willpower. So the other day, she goes to the grocery store. She comes home. No sweets, no sugar, whatever. And I'm looking around the house, and I'm like, hey, where the heck are the cookies at? What the heck? She goes, you told me not to buy any. I was like. Yeah, but what I really meant was buy some. <laughs> <laughs> you listened to you me. Why did me you listen to me? Yeah. yeah. Why did you? Why did you not buy anything? Man, it's a fight for those things at yeah. home. When when she brings them home, I've got it. We put them up on the countertop, and then my daughter likes to jump on the the kitchen kitchen counter. Parkour. Parkour. <laughs> yep. I, I tell her to say that when she does it too. That's pretty funny. Uh, but she'll get up there and she'll open it up, and there's four full cookies yeah i'm like i got my eyes on that one that's gonna be mine yeah you know and she's like oh, i want the one with the pink frosting and the sp- sprinkles or whatever and it, it, it doesn't take me long i just keep looking at them i'll look away i'll go into the den sit down and I'm like it's they're calling me i'll walk in there's just a little bite and then the whole cookie yeah yep. and then and then i'll blame it on my daughter i'll tell my wife like reagan ate the whole cookie, and she's like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like it's almost yeah. every week. This happens. Well, I have a four-month-old at home, and I blame it on him. He doesn't even eat solid <laughs> foods. I'm like, "Oh, Logan ate the whole thing." It's not too early. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just practice. Really. Hey, it's only really here, right? Just to blame him. Yeah, exactly. You just get practice for later. Yeah. And he's a boy, so as he gets older, he will eat the oh, whole I thing. Oh, I hope. I hope. <laughs> and the thing is, other people are already boxing at him, and they're like, "Oh, he's going to be so muscular at one year old." I'm like, "Well, what? If he maybe wants. not. Yeah, yeah if, if he don't, yeah, if he doesn't want to." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Well, this was fun, awesome, yeah. exciting experience. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you guys for having me on so much. Thank I really you. appreciate that. Pretty cool. Glad I got to share our story, my story and, and uh, you know, any advice for trainers out there, I got to give them a little bit of tips and insight too. Yeah, that was great. There, there's, there can never be enough information for, for new coaches right. out there. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, yeah. Well, like I said, I'm really thankful. And uh, honestly, if you guys are looking for another guest, I'd love to come back on and you know talk more yeah. about fitness. I know I have 
a lot of stories. Been around the block once or twice, so yeah. I have a lot of stories. So yeah, let's do for it sure. again. Yeah, for sure. And man. I'll maybe so. have you down to uh, the school. Yeah, uh, here shortly, sure. so uh, yeah. you can do what you did last time. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, the strength and conditioning part was really, really fun. And now, yeah. obviously, I have a better, better understanding of what to do this time. Last time, I was just first time jitters in there. So this time, I'll it was so a, good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. I actually it was funny. I recently saw pictures of that, and I was oh, like, oh, you did? Yeah, I was like, first of all don't wear cargo pants to the gym. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be as professional as possible. So I ended up cargo yeah. shorts ever professional anywhere yeah, well, past 1995. Well, you know, used to wear them, I Josh? St- yeah, yeah, not, not that often, but every once in a while, it's just so nice. They have so many pockets. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, so complete the ensemble with flip flops. I do. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I'm usually in blue jeans when I'm teaching at the school. So oh, yeah. then I'm walking around the gym in blue jeans. I'm like, you're the only one. I should be in shorts. I should. But <laughs> yeah. I also feel like I'm too old for shorts. Like, huh? it's yeah, Arizona. It's, just, it's so weird. <laughs> no yeah, one's ever I, I know, but it's. I just feel weird, like in shorts. Yeah. So that's the reason I don't wear the cargo shorts that often. Well, trust me, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> just don't get white in your balance. You're, uh, you're too no. young. You're, the students won't respect you if you show up in cargo <laughs> shorts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never worn those teaching. Yeah. 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 So. I don't know any. I, I have some because they're great when you go to the lake or something like that. You, you go know. fly fishing. I, <laughs> Rob a bang. <laughs> Hiking. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that sure. they're, that yeah. need, you need that many pockets for. But yeah. Yeah. Fanny yeah. packs are back, man. Yeah. Get yourself one of those. Oh, I, I'm going to tell you, I thought about it the other day. I was like, Convenient. I've got my yes. phone, my wallet, keys to everything. Like all this stuff you have to carry around in your pockets. Like yes. I went to the grocery store yesterday. My pockets look like a... Yeah. I was like, it's man, called a, it's called I a need, murse. Yeah, yeah a I murse. need I need something over my, you know, and I'm like, nope, satchel. not satchel. Not the bird call satchel. <laughs> I decided yesterday. I was like, no, not doing that. Not a fanny pack. Yeah, so. can't do it. Nope. Yeah. Well, cool. It was awesome having you, Jason. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See you again. Yeah, absolutely. What was that? Yeah. Well, again. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys.